Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 350. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Also, shockingly, Connor is here. Yeah, it, it's getting a little bit less shocking. I've been here a little bit more often lately. It, it's a shock to my system whenever you're here, you know. Yeah, but good. Well, it's the DC Comics Podcast, everyone. We get together, we talk about the books we read this week, and coming up on this week's show, we have Action Comics 1055, we have Nightwing issue 104, we have Green Arrow issue 2, Justice Society of America issue 4, Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue 3, and City Boy issue 1. That is what's coming up on this week's show. So, uh, look forward to it. There's a little bit of news! And uh, any other usual segments, which we may be getting to soon. No, there are no other usual segments. I'll, 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 you know, I'll give a minute for introduction and stuff before I, before I jump in head first into Matt's favorite segment. Uh, fart noise. How are you, Matt? You seem stressed. Oh, I'm not stressed, stressed, but like, you know, I've had I've had better weeks, you know, so. Other than that, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about this week because there was a, a gaming thing on Wednesday, but then it was really disappointing. So <laughs> I, I was at work and I was I was really disappointed going into work. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna miss it. This is like the it's it's the first big showcase that they've done in like eighteen months, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, pl- oh, it's gonna be a big one. And then uh, I, I took a break at like eleven o'clock to go check the news, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it was PlayStation's first thing in a couple of years, which surely the frustrating thing about it is, is that all the things that people were expecting are still there. They're just not announced yet. For some reason, they just held them all back. For whatever, maybe they've got another one later this year. I don't know what it is. But for whatever reason, all the developers that are making stuff that we know is in the pipeline just didn't show up. So I guess we'll see it next time. Now we know how Connor feels when we talk about wrestling. <laughs> uh, well, there's a wrestling video game coming out at the end of next month, Matt. It, it, I know. You actually know I, something about that. I, I do, and I know it's going to be for PS4, so there's a there's a chance I, I might be playing it. Oh, uh, you can Yeah, you can play the crappy old-gen version. <laughs> That's fine. You know the last time I turned my PlayStation on? I feel that maybe this is a trick question. Maybe you turned it on for a non-gaming reason, like three days ago. No, I'm actually asking because I don't remember. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Probably we were watching a Blu-ray. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh, I, I mean, still, this, this... still have all the 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 Uncharted games and God of War to play, but I don't have the time. So. There's still a couple of gaming conferences coming up that could be good, although the PlayStation one's usually the one that delivers more for me, so I'm I'm kind of lukewarm going to these other ones, but hopefully they give me something. I think the uh, the only upside for you now is, even if they just show CG trailers of games you're not interested in, it's no worse than the PlayStation one, so... No worse, no better. But no, but, no worse. but the, the point is they can't under-deliver. Um... But this is true. This is, hey, if Xbox want to do a better than usual showcase, this is the time. This is the, the, the chance they've got to actually shine. I don't expect them to. I expect it to be the same they usually do. But... No, I don't know. I think this is the one where... Oh, no, see, that's, that's, the, that's the hype. That's the copium. 
You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. I'm just saying, this might be the one. <laughs> it may be the one, but... I tend to enjoy the Xbox showcases more than you do anyway. Like last time we got Hi-Fi Rush, and that game's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Matt's excited for Summer Games Fest. I can see it in his eyes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Matt's a big fan of Jeff Keighley. He wants to learn all about the yeah. new Ubisoft games. Wait. Yes. Is Keeley like, is that okay to, to be a fan of? Because I feel like you're probably... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> not, he's not problematic. He's just... Okay. He's kind of the... Is there an equivalent in another industry that Matt will understand? That's I don't what think I'm trying so. to think. <laughs> he's, he's, like the, he's like the main media guy who does a lot of gaming stuff, who like presents the awards and... Okay. Stuff like that. He, he, he started off. Uh, no, because that's I'd say gaming Dave Meltzer and Connor would even be able to corroborate this because he doesn't know who Dave Meltzer right. is. But yep. gaming Dave Meltzer's a bit more like uh, a Jeff Grubb or maybe uh, you know an insider. That's that's what a Dave Meltzer I, is. I, I, Connor. I, I, yeah, I know a Jeff Grubb, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> someone who's got the dirt, someone who's got the juicy details that are leaking that we're not supposed to see yet, but mm. we're seeing anyway. So is that his real name or his 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 internet name? Well, that's his real name. <laughs> okay, well then he found a profession to match his last name. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he's he, if you look at him, Matt, he's basically the video game version of you. Like he's kind of especially now that he's cut his hair. He used to have long uh, hair, so maybe not so I much. I like the cut of his jib then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! I love how I'm trying to like compare figures in the wrestling and gaming communities, but only one of either of you will understand what I'm mm-hmm. talking about at either time. <laughs> so neither of us can back you up at any nope. point. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, that's the that's just the way. You didn't yeah. have to choose wrestling to compare to. Well, yeah, but he brought up Dave Meltzer. Oh, yeah, yeah but I mean, who, who in the comics world, right? When it comes to comics, quote unquote journalism. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know any of those guys. Okay, it would be like if Rich from Bleeding Cool stopped posting all just the, the, the gossip and stuff like that and became like the mouthpiece for every publisher and he put on a big show and he, he hosted a con and was like, all these are going to be great. Okay. Kind of like that. <laughs> kind of. There's, but, there's but you no... said, but but Pete's saying this Keely guy is likable, so that automatically yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not yeah. A... one for one. Yeah, I, I don't think comics have a, a direct correlation to these things. That's because they have no journalistic presence at all anymore. Well, movies no. don't either. But I think with movies, it's because movies is such a big industry that it's just it's way beyond yeah. just having one or two key figures like that. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a Anyway, video game stuff says it's E3 season. E3 itself is dead, but it's still E3 season. So it will always be E3 season in our hearts. It will be, yes. Who killed E3? Is that E3. a new Tom King book? E3 themselves killed E3. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> they started with a shot in the foot, and then, uh, then they took out their, their, their own shins. Yeah. And, and then, then the pandemic they kind of stopped the them. shoulder. Yeah. But then the pandemic stopped them from any hope of rehabilitating, and then they said, "You know what? Nah, we'll just we'll just quit. Hmm. We're done." Yeah. So there you go. Wild. Hey, there's a lot of good good juicy gossip in the video game world, Matt. You just need to 
pay attention. It just it makes a difference from just everything but about a CM Punk coming back every week in wrestling. Like that, that I'm sick of hearing. You know, it. even as a CM Punk fan, uh, we talked about this last week. Me and you offline. Uh, I, I don't care anymore. I just want to enjoy wrestling. So the uh, if he yes. comes back, I'll be happy. If he oh, doesn't no. come back, I'll still be happy. <laughs> so that's where I am. It just makes it very hard to wear his merch in public right now because. Uh, one of my friends at work compared him like completely unknowing my thoughts about Shawn Michaels compared him to Shawn Michaels and that that hurt. So, I compare him to so, Hulk Hogan at this point, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sad part. So, um, sorry, what the hell yeah. has he done? Well, no, oh, he's just a prick. He's just got a bad yeah. attitude, and oh, okay. like, he's in yeah. for himself. It's just, there's this. It's not so much that he's done. Oh. Yeah, I, when I say compare with Hulk Hogan, I'm not comparing him to like the sex tape revealed he the was racism. a racist Hulk Hogan. I was right. more his, that, that's what you know as as brother, a brother. outsider. Yeah. That's what came to mind. No, no, no. It was yeah, it's no. more like how he used to be behind the scenes with the politicking and having to get but his and, own and, way, and, stuff like that. And you say out for himself, but also out for people that don't need yes. representation. Yes, that's that's the one where it's like it's, you're really it's not hold enough. This for, up. It's not enough yeah. for him to succeed. It's the others that have wronged right. him must fail yes. forever without a glimmer of hope mm-hmm. of ever succeeding. That's that's the thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we've dipped into comics, video games, yep. movies, wrestling, but we should probably focus on comics because that's we, kind of... We've hit all of our boxes. We, did, we didn't do sport. We kind of did that a little bit offline. Which, which, uh, uh, yeah, we don't, well, need, we don't need to do sport. We wasted that. <laughs> He will entertain anything but sports. He's like wrestling will go five minutes, video games ten, sports no. He suddenly no. becomes German. Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, just one last bit of off-topic thing. I watched it's I, sports. I watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom <laughs> of the Crystal Skull for the first time this week since the theaters. Uh, it's still mediocre. It's still shit. Is it? It's oh, like. There's parts of it early on. I'm like, this isn't so bad. But the biggest thing, everyone brings up the nuke the fridge thing, right? No, that's not even the worst part. It's not, well, no, it's not the worst part. But the thing with the nuke in the fridge thing that I'd forgotten about is just how needless it is. Like, you could have literally just cut to the next scene. It doesn't affect anything. It doesn't have to happen. It's just it's just shoved in there because Look, someone wanted to have that scene. George Lucas wanted them to nuke a fridge since forever. So, he's a moron. one of the two. The band's yeah. an idiot. <laughs> uh, well it was either him or spielberg i can't remember but i remember someone suggesting to zemeckis because that was the original time machine plot for for back to the future like um, crystal skull shit temple well, of doom's pretty shit as well um i that, like them all and we'll see how dial destiny does but the reviews are not yep. looking so hot <laughs> so yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see i mean they all can't be avatar where people uh talk about it for a week and then never again so matt is an incredibly salty man who has to bring up something that's not even in the conversation just because he feels yeah, something it's he never in the conversation he's being jabbed at. yeah see connor gets it i'll talk about avatar way more than i do these bad indiana jones sequels mm. thank you very not much me. i don't know if i do yeah. oh it feels like a weird comparison especially since uh, disney own both now and disney are absolutely mm-hmm. pushing Avatar theme parks and shit and whatever else is happening soon. Well, well it's because that they owned Avatar. Yeah, well, true. yeah, and the only reason is because it fits with the theme of that theme park. Because what was in that spot before, people weren't going to. And so they're literally you know. both both properties are getting video games developed at the same time. It's actually kind of weird how much they're mm-hmm. equal in I, terms. I don't of... believe the Avatar video games real. I'm sorry, but Ubisoft, Connor, they, they, no, they, believe... can tell, they can tell me that it, it's real for as long as they want. We've actually seen but... a trailer for that, though. The Indiana Jones games had, like, a, a title reveal. 
Connor, we also yeah. didn't believe that Avatar 2 was coming out, and James Cameron found out. And, I, know, I swear, I literally just and read it made two point like, three billion. I think I, I just read something like half an hour ago that that Avatar 3 is not actually as near to finished as as people thought it was. Is that I, the one I, where I, I can't corroborate that. Every report yeah. I've seen said otherwise, so I can't corroborate that. It but. was literally just something I saw like half an hour ago, and I, I didn't read the the full article because. I didn't click on something. Like, why are we even talking about Avatar? Matt brought this up for no reason other than his butthurt because I'm um, insulting his dear no. Indiana Jones. And here's the thing. Um, I'm the guy that goes and sees the Fast movies uh, on purpose. I didn't go see X because I don't care anymore. So reviews do little to sway me. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to like Indiana Jones regardless. Uh, it's mangled. Yeah, because so. you're a mark. You're a filthy mark. You know, it's not like we're talking about Mummy 3 which came out the same year as uh, Crystal Skull and, and you was saw laughably, laughably as bad. So Did you see it in theaters, Matt? Did you see Mummy 3 in theaters? I did. <laughs> I was not happy with myself. <laughs> okay, I'm not happy for, with you either right now. <laughs> for, for, no, for no reason, there was yetis. <laughs> and look, I love big ape creatures. Oh, oh to but... bring this back around to wrestling a little bit, the huh? yeti! The yeti, yeah, yep. Yeah, okay. God, it's just like, uh, I, 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 I checked was, out for 10 seconds and now I'm like, what's going on? But, but it's, it's almost as if, like, the Yete is the Mummy 3 because <laughs> <laughs> the guy is wrapped in mummy stuff, but he's called the Yete for no reason. Just like there's no reason for there to be Yetis in Mummy 3. This might so, be the most chaotic fun. way we have jumped around different. Uh, I, 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 I literally checked out for 10 seconds. I'm lost. <laughs> Well, we could, I, I, I could give us a very awkward transition. Go on. Pete, tell us uh, about numbers, because numbers are stupid. Is that, is that, I, I don't even know what I call that a transition. That was, yeah. that was terrible. All right. Yeah. Yes, the, the... I didn't say it wasn't going to be. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he did say it would be a bad transition. There's always time for a Comixology uh, Top 10, everyone. We're going to look at what uh, the ranking is right now on Comixology. Uh, we'll look at Tuesday's books, then Wednesday's books. Tuesday, of course, being DC, so the more prominent of the two for our interests. But uh, anyone care to guess what number one is on right now on Comixology? Connor, uh, since you're here uh, sporadically, you go first. Oh, well, it's probably Nightwing. It is Nightwing. Very yeah, good. there we go. Very, very good. So yeah, Nightwing... Issue 104. Uh, number two is Justice Society of America. Hey! Number three is Green Arrow. Ooh. Number four is Action Comics. Oh, no. I was, Matt was sort of cheered and booing the things that were coming mm -hmm. up that he was... No, I don't like that Green Arrow uh, went over action, but no, mm -hmm. we'll get there. Uh, number five is Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Mm -hmm. Number six is City Boy. Number seven is Connor's favorite book, Tim Drake Robin. Mm -hmm. uh, number eight is Static, issue four. Number nine is Harley Quinn, issue 30. And uh, number 10 is Sandman Universe, Dead Boy Detectives. Uh, I'm always surprised that Harley Quinn does under yeah. some other books. Like, you know, Me too. Static, Harley continues the free fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it still sells really well in bookstores. The variants, yeah. And yeah, well, yeah, variants well, for the comic market, and then I think bookstores for the casuals. Yeah, is it that and Catwoman just always seem to be really low at ranking? But yeah, Catwoman going. like has been for over a decade at this point. Yeah. Um, whereas Harley was a lot higher at one point for sure. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting to see. But um, that is the Tuesday book, so we'll look at the 
the Wednesday books. Uh, any guesses as to number one from the rest of the industry on Wednesday? I'm I'm looking for my my Telltale. Yeah. Thing. I don't see anything, but there's a there's Storm a new... issue one. Yeah, that, that's gonna be my guess. The Storm it, issue one. It is actually Storm issue one. I didn't mm -hmm. think you were gonna get that. I thought you were gonna look for. You know something else something if if i can't find a banner i look for a number one with an x character in it so <laughs> i mean it's a solid strategy i, I can't yeah. i can't deny that oh uh, it's being written by annocenti so um if you guys love 90s comics here you go mm. well it's been a while since on the city's name's part because she, she used to do the odd mm -hmm. dc thing she did a terrible yes. catwoman run in yeah. 52 mm -hmm. that's what it was i knew i knew her name from somewhere mm -hmm. uh number I mean, two she's is... done a lot of better stuff as well let's be fair to her Mm -hmm. I don't think I've read any of it, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, Fury issue one is number two. Uh, number is that uh, as a Nick Fury? As a I Nick believe Fury so, yeah. By Al Ewing. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. that's probably pretty good then. Uh, number three is Thor 34. Number four is Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Number five is The Ambassadors issue five. That's a Mark Miller book. Mm -hmm. uh, number six is New Mutants Lethal Legion. Number seven is Bishop War College. Number eight is Supermassive, issue one by Kyle Higging. Uh, I think that's the crossover image book. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes oh, it is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number nine is Daredevil and Echo, issue one by Taboo. Do we know who Taboo is, the writer? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> this is the odd name you see in the, uh, mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, and then we have The Forged, issue 3 at number 10, which is a Greg Rucka image book. So, okay. Yeah. There's a new Greg Rucka image book? Yeah. So. yeah, a few non-Marvel books sneaking out of the top 10. I suspect maybe they've pushed a few things for their fifth week next week. Mm -hmm. uh, they usually do. They don't yeah. have like dedicated books. Usually. Uh, unlike DC, uh, but more on that at the end of the show when I'm telling you what's coming next week. <laughs> is it nothing? It's almost nothing. Uh, they push Detective <laughs> Comics to next week because that's usually the same week as action. It's that, it's that in the Pride special, and that's basically it. Oh, oh boy. Uh, it's just one of those weeks, so... Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's about it. Uh, Extreme Venomverse, that sounds like something Connor would like. You should read that. Uh, that's out this week. <laughs> uh, unless it's part of the... Uh, the Following on from the Donny Cates, then you got the, uh, the Ram V and Al Ewing stuff. I'm probably not interested. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's a comic soldier top ten. Uh, I have nothing more to add. It, it is indeed by Al Ewing. So. Oh, okay. Well, then I probably will get to it at some point. Huh? There you go. Um. All right. So we also uh, do have a news story this week. Uh, DC have announced something a crossover, uh, for the couple of months after Night Terrors. It's not a big line wide thing. It's just uh, two books, but. Uh, it is Batman and Catwoman that are going to be crossing over. Um, and it's called the Gotham War. Boy. Mm -mm. So, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. The feelings are all... just Yeah, so this is taking place over two issues of both books and a couple of like tie-in one-shots. So there's a one-shot that kicks it all off called Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War Battle Lines, issue one. And then the story takes place throughout Batman 137 and 138 and Catwoman 57 and 58. And then there's also a two-issue tie-in called the Gotham War Red Hood, issue one and two. I know Connor's rubbing his hands together at the end of that. Um, and then there's another tie-in, which is Scorched Earth. Now, I'm getting conflicting things in this article. The 
the bulk text says this is also a two issue thing but the bullet point list only says issue one so i'm not sure if that's a one shot or two part but either way uh it doesn't make much of a difference and it'll be confirmed whenever we get solicits yeah so yeah so it's two issues of each of the books uh and a big one shot to kick it off and then some tie-ins which i assume will be relatively optional As uh, someone, uh, someone that is very puzzled by Zdarsky's decisions. Oh, I know, I know. I, is I, I, Zdarsky that's behind this story. Well, he's like, writing, he, the, yeah, he's writing half he, of it. It's in, him in there. Yeah, but K- who's Tony Howard, who's doing Catwoman, that's working with him on it? Yeah, who's writing the uh, the one shot like that to kick it off? Uh, or is it both of them? Them, I think. Yeah, it's them together. Yeah, it's them. But it just says. Uh, Zadarsky's blurb on it is I don't want to spoil anything but with Selena's recent breakout from jail and Bruce's struggles with Zernar, things are going to get intense in italics Selena was in jail? I guess I mean, but, None of us have been uh, being Catwoman so. <laughs> Yeah yeah. I, I, I thought that we were kind of not done with Zernar as a concept but just to have it come back after the arc that we just had I don't know yeah, I mean, I really was down in that last Batman arc that just mm-hmm. finished. Like, I, you know, by the time we got to the end of that, yeah, by the time we got to the end of that, I was just tearing it to shreds. Um, so the fact that it's now crossing over this run that I'm having issues with with a book that I, I don't even want to read <laughs> makes yeah. this a really tough sell. I think uh, for yes. us as a as a group. Yeah, yeah, and and also. It's not even a concept that is exciting to maybe get you back on board. It's something that, even before we knew the details, you, you said the name, and we all kind of went, oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically Catwoman's a, a crime boss now, and she's going to be pitted against Batman. That's basically <laughs> the premise. Never seen that before. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel that, I don't know, interesting or new or exciting. <laughs> it's, it's a lot like when a Cyborg has to fight a, a, a machine version of a villain. And is he man or machine? <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it, guys. You guys got one story. I mean, but let's try something different. Maybe it'll be different. Don't, don't get know. me wrong. I am happy that this is just Batman and Catwoman, and it's mm-hmm. not because, you know, because I'm already annoyed that the previous two months are losing most of the regular books. Yep. <laughs> so I'm pleased that this is just in its own little corner. Yeah. That's fine. Should, should we choose to ignore it? I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, the real question is, should you choose to ignore it? Do you end up coming back to Batman afterwards? Probably not, because I'm already on the, the cut. So. Assuming that... Is, is Batman still once a month, or is it twice? It's once. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be four months of you not reading Batman, potentially. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm getting all the Batman I need over there in Detective, so I'm okay. I'm Brave and the Bold, which was fantastic. Last and Brave I haven't read that yet, that's but true. tech is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I feel like the one thing that Batman's got going for it, and this is just unfair to every other book, is that it's Batman. <laughs> and did he just because Batman, the Batman book? No, but like I get why it sells so much because people walk into a store and they'll just grab a book called Batman. You know? Yeah, like I, I think it almost gets like it's almost easier to jump back into it after mm-hmm. a break because it's just such a a consistently important book even though it doesn't feel that important right now admittedly mm-hmm. but like you expect at any given point it yeah. may become important again for for the first time since we we had a switch over you know from i'm trying to think maybe from tynan right that this is the the least important batman has felt 
Because even when Williamson had it, it felt like he had Lex Luthor showing up and you Batman Inc. stuff. It felt like it was doing something. It bigger. still felt like it was more the, the main Bat book at the time because yeah. Detective was doing the uh, Tower. Yeah, the Tower, which was which was very much an event thing. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like the main book though. Right. Yeah. I don't know if any of them feel like the main book right now though. Which is just an it's an interesting no. like uh, philosophical like... question. Is like you know, I think objectively speaking, Batman probably feels like the main book because it's more plugged into continuity and it's the one driving these crossovers. Whereas Tech feels like it's the better story. Right, but the whole last arc on Batman was him in an alternate reality. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was like gone from continuity for as yeah. far as it could be for that last arc. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but Tech has, has consistently felt, even during the tower, that it's the Gotham book. Like these are the going ons of Gotham and mm. you know, Batman's still the main character, but it, it shifts its focus. So um but yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good things going on right now. But I will say, like, Donna DC, I think, for the most part, has been delivering new, good, ongoing, or miniseries mm-hmm. books. But the event announcements so far have been like, eh? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't tried any of the issue ones from last week yet, but I've enjoyed all the other ones I've tried so far, they were to all varying very, degrees. Yeah, they were all very... I mean, admittedly, we didn't read all of Brave and the Bold, but the first story by King and Garrods was... Mm-hmm. Like who was the other story by? Assuming that's oh, there's there's four other there's ones. Four. It's oh, like it's oh, like okay. Urban Legends. It's like, yeah. oh okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but like the other number ones from last week, Vigil was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were singing the praises of that. Um, what else do we have? Cyborg was the weakest of the bunch, but it was still solid enough. Cyborg's still a good read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the other number one? There was a fourth last week. I have to go back and look. Was it Green Lantern? Was Green Lantern last no, week? Green Lantern was no, Green Lantern was the fourth. I read Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was good. That was that was. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. it. It wasn't like the best book yeah. ever, but I I enjoyed it and uh, I enjoyed Spirit World as well. All right, I can just look at last week's list. Oh, Titans was That's the a, number one. Titans, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm okay. just kidding there. I, going to my. Back I, feel, I almost glossed over that. I think just because it feels mm-hmm. like an extension of Nightwing. But That's even, yeah. so that why if it doesn't it's feel sideways. as new as the other ones, even if it is. That said, though, I spent a lot of time last week praising that it felt more like a Titans issue and not mm-hmm. a Nightwing issue. Like it actually does feel like the ensemble is, you know. That's good. Yeah, so, like, you know, by and large, I'm enjoying a lot of the new books they're launching. Uh, Doom Patrol, obviously, we're going to talk about today. We've mm-hmm. really liked that, the first couple of issues. Um, yeah, we've got new stuff coming up on Wonder Woman. Yeah, so, like, I think all the actual ongoing regular books from Dawn of DC, I've been mostly quite happy with. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, Green Arrow didn't blow us away. I think, but... uh, notably, the Superboy one is probably the weakest, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah. that was a, a winner of a round robin. So it is, but really... it still has the Dawn of DC banner but, on it. Yeah, I would but... never expect though that every book in a new line is going to hit. I would, I would, no, you, know... you just want like seventy percent. Yeah, like, but the, the, I, I think the hit rate so far has been pretty good, and I, I, I'm feeling quite good about the most most of the ongoing content. It's just the event announcements have been kind of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah. we talked last week, like Night Terrors could either be a really fun two months for some books or it could be stuff that we just forget immediately uh-huh. you know yeah. so it could be a miserable two months of us in this yep. show just be like i'm so sick at eight terrors can we have our books back please mm-hmm. i'm kind of expecting that to be honest that's I, 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 and I, then and then if it's not i'll be pleasantly surprised yeah but like i i'm trusting in my writers that i tend to like anyways like your philip kennedy johnson's and ram v's the the, the books that they're on i'm sure will be fine you know, you got, you got the Dan Waters in there too. Yeah. His stuff yeah, t- tends to, to be, be pretty fair, ethereal. So. I, I think the Misery is the more likely of the two options. But 
Yeah. Obviously, you hope. You hope for the best. No. You don't want the bad. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, that that'll that'll do that for that museum. Gotham War coming in what September, October? Does that sound right? It's a while. Sure. Why they're announcing this I, so early, or is it just? I being... close my tab. That feels early. Yeah, no, because yeah, July, August is Night Terrors, so September, October for yeah Gotham War. So, so it'll be in the next solicitor's the first half. It, of it. it kind of feels weird to think that I might not read the next issue of Batman until November. <laughs> that is quite a... Well, there's a couple before Night Terrors, is there not? Because uh, that's not starting until July. So there's a, yeah, there's at least... Oh, yeah, there'll be June's issues. There's June and July's issues. Oh, wait, oh, no. June's issue. Just June. God, Night Terrors is... Well, it's not next month, but it almost feels we're, like next we're, month. We're now. almost into June now yeah. in terms of comics publishing. Oh. <laughs> like, this is this is week four. This is the end of the regular month uh, for May. Well, it was a week five, but yeah. That's why I said the regular month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Stupid Nate Terrors. Give it me Nate Terrors. Cotter's English passive aggressiveness. It just... That's why I said what I said. <laughs> I, I, I agree, Matt. He's a prick. I agree. I, I, I don't what I'm saying. It just, it's very funny to me. That's all. <laughs> Probably true. But... <laughs> He's a prick. A ginger prick. Yeah, but you didn't listen, so... I listened just fine. I, I elected to ignore... Oh, well, then. The shit coming out of your mouth. You deserve me being a prick, then, don't you? No one deserves you being a prick. No one. Anyway, that's uh... <laughs> that's what AEW told to CM Punk, and look where they're at now. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Connor, the CM Punk of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. See, half an hour ago, that would have been nothing to me. Now, I don't think I approve of that label. <laughs> Actually, I, now, now I'm one step removed from Hulk Hogan, and I do not approve of this. <laughs> I like how he's like, half an hour ago, that meant nothing to me. No, yeah. that means almost nothing to me. Yes. <laughs> but it means enough to know that I'm well, Connor, it also is baseline. It means I like you significantly, significantly, goddamn, I can't talk, significantly more than Pete does. So there you go. Yeah, uh, tracks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the comics then, shall we? Um, we have... Action Comics, 1055. Uh, this is Philip K. Johnson writing mm-hmm. with Rafa Sandoval on the art. Let's get into it. This is obviously picking up all the stuff with... We had Metallo. Superman's trying to help Metallo now find mm-hmm. his sister. Cyborg Superman's showing up. Um, I think we all said last time that we expected that he wasn't the mastermind behind it and he was just mm-hmm. the, the next sort of uh, pawn. But there was a yeah. few things at the start of this issue that kind of felt like he was saying he was the mastermind. Yeah. Unless he thinks he's the mastermind. Right. Yeah. yeah but de- his dialogue definitely sounded like he was. But but that would be a very Henshaw thing to think, though, right? Like, because him being the technopath. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Him, him thinking that he, you know, this plan was, was his entirely. I think there's some world-worldiness to him, some, some mm. bleeding over of the tech. But... Sheer effing hubris, to quote Picard. Yeah. Not the character of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could Picard would never say that. No. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of big fighting stuff uh, in here. We've got Superman working with Metallo trying to find his sister. They mm-hmm. wake up uh, a version of the Eradicator 
uh, again, the uh, Death of Superman era homages keep coming. <laughs> they they all are, they all end up here, right? We have the Metropolis Kid, we have Steel, we have the, the you know the Man of Tomorrow, and then the Cyborg. It's kind so, of I'm bored of it now. I, I don't. I, I don't well, know, it's like really bad. I don't, but like, again, I feel it, like Johnson made it work though because they're using the Eradicator to find a clone. You know. Yeah, but it, I, I just can't, I've I don't feel. As I was reading it, it took me out of the story because it no longer felt like, hey, this is a cool idea. Let's, it felt like, how do we make this work? How do we get them all here? And I've been feeling more steadily. I mentioned last time when it threw in Cyborg Superman. Mm-hmm. And now this time, oh, very next issue, let's throw in Eradicator. And I'm kind of like, all right, okay. I'm- uh, I just like that it led to, you know, Kara being like, don't activate it. You know, and you know why. Yeah. You know, and, and Clark goes, oh, but we have to, but just, just the whole idea that they know that there's going to be this essentially Kryptonian racist AI that comes I, out, not, not racist, supremacist yeah. that, that comes out. And it's almost like it's a piece of their history that they don't want to engage with. But Clark's like, but this is how we're going to, you know, find Cyborg Superman. I'll tell you what so. I liked about the story the most. Um, I actually kind of liked the, the two Krypton kids, mm-hmm. like hating Metallo. But then, mm-hmm. oddly, kind of him bonding with them a little bit because he mm-hmm. sympathizes, but them looking out for each other because he looks out yep. for his sister. Uh, that that little bonding, and it was almost like a lesson moment for them that they, they're looking at Metallo just as evil villain, but through the conversation and learn about his sister, like, oh, maybe there's actually something more to him that we can't just completely write him off. There's actually something relatable to right. him. Right. Uh, well, there's trauma there, and they they understand trauma being from more world, right? Yeah. I like and that. So, I, I, it's something yeah. Johnson's consistently done, even when it's wrapped mm-hmm. up in a more just sort of well, typical outrageous the, the fact, plot. I forget which one. It's Othor Osol, but the the older so we one. We narrowed it down to both of them. Yeah, but um, she says the girl says you know she calls him you know unmade. She won't even address him as as Metallo, and you know so it just shows where she's at, and he you know he he gets that protective vibe from her, right? That she's trying to protect her little brother. And that's what what's what rings with him. Uh, so now I'm just hoping nothing bad happens to them. Issues. What's that? She definitely has some rage issues going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it sort of reiterates some of his backstory again, but kind of reveals now that he shot his father uh, mm-hmm. to protect his little sister. So it's just kind of like bringing up his dark background a little bit more, and that sent him down a military and- path where his sister went into foster care. And him, him and Captain Cold definitely should get drinks together. Because I feel like they'd vibe. They probably would. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. some parallels there. Um, so yeah, they go looking for Cyborg Superman, uh, which they do find, and he's got a bit of more of a monstrous metal claw, I will call it. Yeah. Uh, he's beefed up a little bit. Uh, but it turns out that he's actually done some kryptonite enhancement stuff with mm-hmm. Metallo's sister, and she's got seemingly some extra strength and powers here at the end. Uh, so that, that's the big cliffhanger is that she's been turned into one of Cyborg Superman's yeah. henchmen effectively very uh, clearly against her will yeah right. yeah I, I, I suspect uh, if we get any kind of happy ending out of this it'll be saving her you know Metallo's probably still going to have to go to prison well, or, or whatever the, it may be but... yeah the way that Metallo was talking though he's like he's done he's done running right that's his yeah. his moment he's ready to serve for his, his times and so I'm wondering if this whole thing is what leads to her becoming the next version of Metallo, right? Almost like the 2.0, because we oh, got that maybe. that thing from Cyborg Superman that he he was awakened from the Phantom Zone, but his 
this is just a copy of his his operating system, basically, right? That he copied it out through Luther's, you know, satellites and whatnot. So I, I'm wondering if that's how this is going to jump through. Like she becomes the next, you know, because of that AI ness of you know Henshaw. I mean, if they want to go for a more tragic outturn from it, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, I can maybe see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's enough heart in the story. I'm kind of expecting her to be saved, but I mean, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the the characters bonding and the the way that someone because you know a, a big strength of the last few issues has been how John's been relating to the kids and mm-hmm. their connections and relatability. And I think it's interesting that again these kids have been used to make a nice little narrative point about Metallo and looking at him as a villain and how you consider him. So I think mm-hmm. there's always these little smart character utilizations throughout this. And I think, yeah. you know, I think it's interesting that these two young characters, these new characters, that, and you know what comics fans are like, anytime there's new characters introduced, mm-hmm. there's always a, like, not a backlash, but like just a, like, a, a lack of acceptance of... Uh, uh, this this goes back to the 80s where they voted to kill Jason Todd. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. They hated but, him so much. To be fair. Yes. Oh, he we is. Still he yeah, he is yes. the worst. But, but I think but it, I think it is very notable though that throughout this last arc or so, these two kids have constantly been used to be the linchpin of the drama that's been the best part mm-hmm. of each issue. Like they've constantly been used in that way, and I think that yeah. is a sign that at the very least, Johnson here as the writer is is introduced characters to actually tell good narrative stories and like make the humans and well not even I'd say the humans the just the characters in general more relatable mm-hmm. and more grounded yeah. because of how they relate to these characters. They're, I guess it's kind of similar to having the, the new character who can ask all the questions for the reader to find yeah. out stuff. It's kind of like that but in a more nuanced way where it's more about mm-hmm. them revealing the emotions and feelings of the other characters in a way that comes up naturally that they can sort of learn about as you know it's them coming mm-hmm. of age and sort of try to understand the world especially since they're right. separated this is new to them all of it i think i think it's been a really smart utilization as a writer throughout this yeah because they're processing everything the same way we are because this is all new to them too probably yeah. newer yeah so but yeah i i do really like the the rafa sandoval in the art doing uh metallo's origin right not not the, as metallo but as young john corbin it's done in over like Polaroids, so just the layouts and stuff. I thought that was a real nice yeah, way like, to do it. It's like that pinned up on a board. Yeah, yeah. And I think. So. I mean, I don't know if that exact style was there before, but certainly this mm-hmm. the the coloring is very similar to the, the yeah. last couple of times we've had flashbacks yeah. with. Uh, it's just like a, a sepia filter. Yeah. yeah. Effectively, yeah. Everything's uh, kind of beige and. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah but I, I like definitely like how they look like their pictures pinned to a wall. I love the idea that the colors just do the same coloring, but then they literally just put it into a computer and hit sepia filler. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I wonder how much different it would have been, right? You know, yeah, like how, I, yeah, how different it is. Yeah. Genuinely, like maybe it is worth them doing that because if let's let's be honest, those filters are so commonplace they work, mm-hmm. right? They're they're one of those ones that you can reliably use because every kind of every software for photos has a version of it presumably because it's easy enough to do so maybe it is easy enough for the colorist to just hedge to it like normal and slap a filter on it maybe maybe it's a again it's more about uh tweaking you can tweak things more if you're just yeah. actually doing it with the right colors yeah. instead but yeah well, that, that's what i feel like that's what makes the coloring uh, part of the art form of comics yeah. right is they know what what color you know spectrum to use 
to hit yeah. those tones and make it sepia tone. But if they really just wanted to make it look like an old movie, I'm That's sure it. they could put it in a filter. I'm sure a lot of coloring now is done digitally, and they mm-hmm. probably do use like, most. I would say, yeah, they probably use like Photoshop techniques to like achieve things. Like so something yeah. as simple as just making sure they're picking, you know, let's say they want three shades of a color. They, you know, they can just do use the computer to just tell them this mm-hmm. is a couple of steps down from this shade right. rather, rather right. than having to eyeball everything they can just use the computer yeah that's just using technology to speed yeah. up your workflow i mean the, the tools yeah. right they're just yeah. using your tools that are yeah, free, but, yeah. yeah. but but yeah um but yeah, just the art i like like I, I like the designs of of metallo because he's this big monstrous like he's in uh like a, a luther suit still right and then when we see his sister and she looks like what we you know like an a- evil android uh, kind of what I associate with Metallo, you know, before he starts fighting Superman. So just the the, the dichotomy between those two. Also, I think Sandoval is really working well here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think as a, a story chunk, the main story here is as, as good as the last few chapters, mm-hmm. but it's still really solid and I still like what it's doing with yeah. uh, the building between the, the character relationships. So mm-hmm. it's still really good stuff. Um, obviously, we have the backup stories here as well. The first of which, of course, is the one we've had the entire time, which is this Lois and Clark 2 stuff mm-hmm. with uh, uh, the princess from the alien world now has John mm-hmm. kidnapped and wants... <laughs> princess Joffrey, if you will. <laughs> and now <laughs> wants Superman to come and like, squash the rebellion. Uh, this was okay. I, I think, honestly, the, the turn that she was actually evil uh, and just wanted Superman to like squash the rebellion against her was kind of a weird left turn to me. And... I, the, the, nothing in this part really alleviated that feeling. I still just kind of feel like it's a weird direction that it's went in, but mm-hmm. but it has fine. nicely weeks up. So yeah, and we're talking about colors, right? Uh, Elizabeth Bettweiser, who mm-hmm. usually works uh, with Phillips and Brubaker. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. She used to work with them on pretty much everything. Do you know what? Um, I didn't realize she's a that. master of the flat colors. Yeah, I didn't realize that. But now you've said she usually works with Brubaker. I can see mm-hmm. it. <laughs> now, yeah. now you've told me that, I can see it in the art. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, think it's. Like I, said, I think it's. Uh, I believe it's Phillips's son that does the colors now. Yeah, I think it's Jacob Phillips now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but for most of their careers, it was her mm-hmm. that, that did. Yeah, you know, so all she that got stuff ousted together. because of nepotism. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> maybe, or maybe she wanted to just work with superhero comics. You know, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, someone start a campaign to support her. She's been <laughs> wrong done by that. Evil hey, man. I'm buying action comics. All right, I'm I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing at least partial of it. This this know? this cannot stand. The Phillips regime must yes. fall. <laughs> but they've got a new book coming out next month, and I need yeah. it. So, <laughs> is it is it part of the ruthless? Because I need to start. No, this. it's the first thing they've done that's not a ruthless one. Oh. Uh, you know, since they started doing those. Yeah. I think it's called. I'm completely blanking. I'll, I'll okay. get it up. It's a uh, cool. Uh, I'm sure it's still like a Dua thing, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, I cause... love everything. Like mm. even even Fatal, which I know most people are real low on. I love that. It's uh, it's called Night Fever, and it's another oh. graphic novel one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, That's but... how much we enjoyed this story from. Uh... Uh, clearly, yeah. yeah. Uh, that said, though, I read it's all of this fine. one, whereas the last backup, I started reading oh. and just sort of pieced out after a few pages. I, I read like two it. panels and then remembered, oh yeah, I didn't read the steel part last time because I got bored and then I just got... Okay, boy, like, yeah. guys, let's let's buckle in because everything you think is going to happen, it happens. <laughs> uh, however, there there is some fun stuff in here with Steel giving a presentation on his, on his view of being a future city, right? Because you always hear that Metropolis is the city of tomorrow 
And so the way that John goes into it, where he's like, look, with my technology, with the way that this city takes damage, you know, if we build things with my tech, we can, you know, use that kinetic energy to fuel the whole city. And so in that, um, there is, and this is the worst part easily, is it has, they, he has Natasha and Connor trying to break into the building while they're talking. And um, Natasha's telling Connor that, oh, she has a uh, bet with her uncle, that if he can get, you know, she can get through this, then, you know, she can, there's like a monetary value or whatever. The dialogue between those two made me want to throw my book into a fire. Like it was, I think Pete, I think it was Pete on Twitter was, it had big fellow kids energy. Like, oh yeah, no, t- talking Superman posted a panel yeah. complaining about slang being used yeah. in dialogue. I don't think it's always bad, but no. there's definitely a lot of times where it really takes me out of it. And, and this was this is an example of it. I don't, I, and, I don't mind it as long as the slang is age appropriate for the characters saying it. Right, but even this was very. I don't, I don't know how old Dorado Quick is, but like this is all slang from like a year and a half ago. Well, it. That's the, the slang is very contextual to me. If yeah. it's slang that's used to show they're in a specific place and these mm-hmm. are characters that are from a specific location, right? I can be okay with that. But anything that's just kind of hip, trendy things yeah. to say just feels really forced to me. But yeah, now Tucker yeah. Superman posted that, and I responded to it with uh, okay. the "How do you do, fellow kids?" Yeah, because uh, and and no, it's spot on. Because I I hadn't read Action yet when I came across that thread, and I was wondering what book it came from. And as soon as I turned the page and saw, I was like, oh. And no, it oh got it so rough. So, um, but yeah, so the rest of the story is, is John giving that presentation and him selling this, like, almost like a, it's a board of supervisors for Metropolis. It's like civic leaders and business leaders. Hmm. Uh, I on, just, on, I'm, I'm skimming. I just sorry. wanted to see if I could find some of the slang. Yeah. And all I got is him doing about blockchain, 256 bit encryption well, and AI. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to read this at all. Well, no, that wasn't even the, the part. No, we're just seeing that, that in, in yeah. a block of oh, yeah. no, I, text. Yeah. Well, as soon as Steel, I got to the meeting with Steel talking to the investors, yeah. I just checked out. I was like so boring yeah. and shit to read. I just well, didn't that's And that's what it was. And it's all, it's all stuff that I am familiar with from, you know, Twitter, right? But it is, you know, from what I can garner from it, it, it was him saying like, the whole point of this technology is that it puts Metropolis into the hand of the people, right? Is that they'll know when attacks happen, right? Cause he, he deploys these steel drones um, and that it's basically the people can request this type of stuff. So as long as there's people looking out for Metropolis, Metropolis will look out for the people. And that, that's all really nice. And then someone makes a phone call, uh, one of the board people and you know, you're, they're kind of hinting that it's Luther. Ends up being Mr. Terrific. So ends up being Mr. Terrific who in who introduces himself to John in a way that I've never heard Mr. Terrific talk. Right? Mr. Terrific is like a he's not cool, right? He's the world's smartest man. He's a little bit awkward. He's very cold. So when he goes, Hey, brother, I am just like, that's not how Michael Holt talks. You know? So just again, there's just some real try hard kind of dialogue. And then otherwise, like I get what they're doing with steel and the steel works and trying to make it the city of tomorrow. That's all very commendable. But yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot to do nothing. And I figured you two wouldn't have read it. Well, at least Pete, because I wasn't factoring Connor. I knew Pete wasn't going to get through when I got through the Natasha and Connor stuff. 
I was like, oh, Pete's already checked out. I got to the Hammer uh, Time joke, and I was like, this is losing yeah. me. No, I didn't uh, get that far. No, the Hammer <laughs> Time joke doesn't even work out either. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't read this last time. Goodbye. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's right. really a damper. Um, on, on an otherwise, you know, both of these backups kind of, kind of, I don't want to say bringing the book down because I enjoy the, the main book. But yeah, it would be better right. without these. That, that's a uh, get to rating the book then, Matt. What you got? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight, mainly for that main story. Connor? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I think throwing in more Death of Superman stuff just is kind of, it's taking me out of the story a little bit. I'm feeling the real world. Yeah, it's definitely a, a mid story issue. So probably a seven point five for me. I'll split the difference. Uh, mm-hmm. I would actually mind bringing the Radicator in though, in the way it is. Mm-hmm. I think if he actually showed up as a villain, I would mm-hmm. probably be a bit more like down mm-hmm. and cynical on it. But the, the way it was used here, I, I think was fine. Yeah. All right, Nightwing issue one hundred four. Tom Taylor writing with Travis Moore on the art. Uh, this is wrapping up the story of protecting young Olivia, uh, mm-hmm. Nightwing or Superwing, I should call him mm-hmm. for this issue. Uh, he got powers at the end of last issue and he's got two hours to make use of them and you know as expected he swoops in to help uh and he goes out of his way to go and see superman while he has these powers to sort Mm of you know meet superman on his level in a way that he's never been able to before he goes to help wally first as well he goes to help wally too yeah uh, so, you know, they, they, they sort of hit some key beats that kind of make sense to, to play with if Nightwing has powers for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's little bits of narration where he's talking about how he's literally seeing the sunrise in minutes because he's traveling so fast, you know, towards the horizon. Yeah, uh, yeah so the little bits like that. Um, honestly, probably the big thing here, and it's actually kind of a, a little lead-in to maybe some plot we're getting in Titans, yeah. is uh, Raven going and basically merking or tur- or helping the other demon chick yeah kill, kill Neron. yeah uh that, that was kind of cold and like yeah. oh and it, it does point out oh there's something missing something's different about raven that we're going to have mm-hmm. to you know that's so, not so raven one might say <laughs> that is not so raven um so carl loved that he's pretending he didn't what, uh, that was terrible <laughs> what got me is like I I loved uh, Dick going to see Superman and Superman's going, hey, you, you gotta come to, come up here and they go to see you know get the big view of the Earth, you know and Dick's like oh you know in his narration he's talking about how he's he's seen the Earth like this but from like a satellite he's never seen it just with his own eyes and it puts everything into perspective and how big of the world is you know and like yeah he could you know have these powers. But, you know, he's not going to risk Olivia for it. And it just tells me what type of person that Dick Grayson is, right? Yeah. And this is what Taylor's been doing from the start. Um, and he was never going just... to. There's never even a moment yeah. where he thinks about it or no. considers it. It's just, no, this is, this is for two hours, and then they're mm-hmm. gone, and that's it. Like, that's just the way it right. is. Yeah. Um, Olivia tries to tell him, hey, maybe you should take yeah. the deal. Right. But he's still on now. No. Yeah, of course. Uh, but the, the other thing, too, is that Neron... Um, as he's in hell and realizing like, you know, that he stepped in it, um, Trigon coming to talk to him and it, it felt to me like an office, not like the office, but like in a corporate office. Yeah. Like the, like the guy the, from VP. Yeah. Like an executive came downstairs yeah. to talk, talk to this guy who's effing yeah. up and needs to, to get his shit in line. Yeah. And I love that <laughs> so much. And it makes me want like a mini series. I know Tom Taylor's doing a whole lot of stuff, but I would, I would pay for a mini series of these inner workings of hell and just Neron constantly screwing things up because 
he's having people make the wrong deals, right? So like the grinning man, like who does that help besides the grinning man? You know, that was a weird so, turn of phrase. I mean, you always like that's how comics work. You pay for them. I, like, if usually well, when you say I'd pay for, usually it's because yeah. it's something you wouldn't have to pay for. <laughs> no, but what I mean is like I, I'm definitely the, in the. Pay I don't know who. Yeah. yeah, pay extra. I don't know who else is in that bubble with me, like of the Venn diagram, but. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the dialogue between Trigon because it wasn't this big, you know, menacing, like, yeah, Trigon's this big, huge, you know, demon. But, like, his his dialogue is all very normal. Like, oh, man, you messed this up, and it's your ass, dude. I mean, I think uh, the, uh, the the old joke that or the, the idea of, like, pr- pr- showing hell or mm-hmm. something like hell as more of a bu- bureaucratic, like, uh-huh. mundane nightmare is actually something that he does get done from time yeah. to time yeah mm-hmm. uh so I, I can see where where the humor and that comes from and like yeah. how you do it uh and so it, Na- nightwing's yeah. got a callback to the nightwing is awesome thing his sticks have mm-hmm. still got a little bit of the uh the uh the nightmate just in them mm-hmm. yeah. so uh we get that uh and everyone turns into a slug with it, tentacles it, yep. yeah it's true form which I, another thing that i like that was introduced which i don't know if that's been a thing for neuron like he, that's, that's just the form that we Maybe. get but the fact that he's this almost Lovecraftian tentacle beast, mm. you know, I, I do enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, uh, and then you know, Olivia gets a little outfit and is going to go live and train on Themyscira, and mm-hmm. they promise that she can be a titan when she grows up a bit, which is all very sweet. Um, yeah. But she picks a name. She calls herself, was it Nightbuster? Nightbuster, yep. Uh, and you're like, oh, you combine Nightwing with your father's name. And oh. obviously, I think the audience maybe collectively goes... But uh, like your father is awful and tried to have you, like, no. you know, killed or sold your soul. He sold whatever. your soul, kid. Yeah, yeah. But instead, she's like, yeah, because he wouldn't like that. And like, and then yeah. Raven's like, ah, pissing off the father. Yes, that yeah. I understand. Yes, yes. Yes, I can get behind this. <laughs> yep. Which I did like, and it's also it's a kid name, right? So like, you know, kids kids don't make great decisions. So I'm okay with her having a goofy sounding name. I mean, you know? Blockwing was sitting right there. But blockwing, I mean, that's close to blockchain, and that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, dear. But yeah, um, so I like that. I like that she's gonna train at the mascara because you know, it's you know you can't have this little kid running around Titan's Tower, um, you know. So her her going there and you know Donna's people, you know, training her and have given her a home. Yeah, nice. I, I do love that after Raven like you know uses her power on Neron, he's lying there mm-hmm. like either dead or unconscious i love that mm-hmm. one arm's actually like three tentacles it's like yeah. he's, he's, he's in a human on form except like just mm-hmm. one part of him just a bunch of tentacles yeah. i kind of like that as a just a little mm-hmm. bit in the art uh but yeah so yeah so it sets up some stuff uh obviously raven uh and her relationship with beast boy is going to be a big part mm-hmm. of titans based on that first issue um so yeah i mean this, this was i think I, I've been kind of adamant from the start of this arc that it's probably been my least favorite arc of Taylor's Nightwing, and I still like it a lot. I just because it's been kind of separate from him in the city and him, you know, helping the city and the stuff with uh, Heartless and all that. Like I, I think all that's been so great that this would just inherently was not that, and therefore a little bit lesser as a result. Was the issue where the Titans all showed up before this arc? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was when they were all trying to assassinate Dick. Yeah, I think I'm just mixing it up because Titans. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. In that case, I, I agree. This is definitely my least favorite part of the run as well. Again, still good. I'm not saying it's bad by any means. Um, 
Moore's good on the art. Like, oh, he's great. Uh, yeah. that, that panel of her, Dick and Superman looking down on the earth is, uh, yep. is beautiful stuff. Yeah, no, it, it is. Well, it's Trigon, like, too. There's a little point that still misses having, you know, oh, it's, it's not a Redondo arc, right? So it's not, yeah, it's not, but... it's not a real arc, almost. <laughs> not real arc. Uh, no, like, it's very good. And I think what's interesting is uh, I do think Titans issue one also I like more than this arc, which is good because that's like an ongoing mm-hmm. Titans book and it's going to you know keep going. Uh, I think part of me was like, oh, this is good, but is this going to be the quality of the Titans book? But the Titans issue one was already like, oh, no, this is already better it's, than this arc. It very much has backdoor pilot feeling to yeah, it. Yeah, there's a little and bit of that. It's fine. I'm glad as if this is kind of what it took to get the Titans book, essentially. I'm willing to sacrifice an arc of Nightwing oh, yeah. to be slightly weaker I, I, to get that book in existence. And to be fair, I did say last week, Titans issue one felt like a true issue one. It didn't feel like you had to have read anything before that. Obviously, there's this little tease at the end with Raven, but it doesn't feel like you'll be missing anything I'm too bad. I'm sure you... that'll pick up properly in, in its own book. Yeah. And and be reintroduced in a way that doesn't just feel like, oh, well, it's a tough shit. You didn't read Nightwing. Yeah. So, so while there's a backdoor pilot quality, I don't think it feels like it was a shoehorn thing that you had to read to read Titans. It kind of no. it's a natural inclusion of them, and then the Titans book starts properly on its own, which is which is good. So, mm. uh, yeah, that's a solid fun issue. Um, I like the deck with powers. Going to see Superman was good. Uh, stuff with Olivia was kind of sweet, and yeah, the little tease of like Ravens having a darker side at the end was also mm. uh, also exciting just for her plot going forward. So, yeah, yeah, solid stuff. Uh, yeah. Back up uh, is there. We, we have this uh, circus oh. mystery. It's kind of weird. I, I, but... I felt like this is two different writers. D- d- well, Joey, it felt like to me, because last time it felt like they'd mm-hmm. almost solved it, and then there was a little mm-hmm. thing at the end that said, no, but there's still a bomber to find. Yeah. When I read this part, I actually couldn't remember a lot, other than the fact that I knew it was almost solved, and then it was like, oh, right. no, there's still someone to find. I felt like you could have just skipped the last part or two, and this would have still played as just the ending to the first part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we had, like... It's it's like they had a choose-your-own-adventure ending. So you had one with the mm-hmm. kid who, you know, accidentally, you know, maybe, you know, injured his own parents, potentially, or was going to... And then you've got this this plot with the the actual bomber and it was like well you could do either or but they decided to us to do both and it, it kind of felt weird i was like well, i got to like when this started i was like this feels it's such an easy solution as well yeah they just check the cameras and oh yeah hey yeah that guy we fired him because he was a dickhead yeah and uh, the guy uh, that oh, hated carnivals yeah a job at a carnival yeah oh, like weird it, it, it yeah. felt so easy as a solution that like why didn't we get this straight away yeah, yeah. the only thing well, that i really liked about this backup this week is that uh i thought it was quite dark that the guy put bombs in the stuffed toys i thought that mm-hmm. was quite sinister and i appreciated mm-hmm. that little detail but other than that yeah i, I kind of feel like this plot was already done but we just we yeah. kind of tacked on that there's still someone to find so yeah here we are we had to have john not understanding circus games which which i don't understand because like he's not he grew up like, here he's been gone yeah. Like he grew up here, right? And like, we had that great issue of them at the fair, right? Yeah. That like, so him. There's still a way to do that because I did like the idea, of like him going, "Well, this won't fit over there." 
And Dick kind of like, yeah, but this, this there, there's a way of doing it with him, like yeah. knowing and still being like, oh, but I know you're cheating, so I'm going to yeah. cheat. So, but right, the way this plays it, it's as if he's genuinely oblivious. Yeah, right. so, it's so almost just, like it's so just to clarify what's happening here, yeah. um, they're doing the fair games where you throw the rings to get on the pegs for things. Mm-hmm. And John goes to play and he's like, wait, these rings aren't big enough. They'll never fit on those pegs. So he stretches it out and then mm-hmm. wins. And then afterwards, uh, you know, Dick says something and John, it kind of makes it clear that John was like, I hope that helps. Is that he, you know, he doesn't realize that this was an intentional scam, that right. it, it, this guy's ripping people off by making a game unwinnable. Uh, yeah. I know and- John's meant to be good natured again, because, right. you know, Superman, but he's not a moron. No. He's, yeah, he's not a room. That, this this like, would work for maybe not now, but like this would work for like Wonder Woman when she's just no, first. No, no, this is a Starfire plot. Oh, yeah. Star, Starfire, yeah, Starfire. It would work with Starfire. So right. I was gonna say, Connor took the words out of my mouth. This is Starfire not understanding Earth traditions. Yeah, yeah. It has, it's it's an alien or it's someone who's not mm-hmm. been here. But while he missed a few years, John did grow up on Earth. He's not an idiot, right? Yeah, and I also would have liked that you know Dick, despite. You know, growing up at Wayne Manor and whatnot, him him still being a little bit of carny in him, and him just telling John like, yeah, but that's that's how they make money. That's how they that's how they you know take care of themselves is by this. And so it's this kind of not even a dilemma, but kind of a this. It's it's one of those things where like because everyone who goes to a carnival and plays the game, everyone knows it's it's all right. And for for Dick to explain that to him was like. Yeah, like we all we're all kind of in on it, but we do it anyways because this is their livelihood. Yeah, it's a bit you know? of fun, right? Yeah, right. And so if you win, great. You know, and him taking time to explain that to John, I think, would have made more sense. Of been like, just just leave it alone, man. You know, uh, not everything yeah. has to be fair. But uh, yeah, no, this was a rough read, and I didn't mind the first two parts of this. You know, of the choppy stuff, and yeah, but it's been more than three though. It's like this is this is at least the fourth. This has to be going the whole arc. So this is like part five of this, maybe six. Might be. Uh, So I I didn't mind the the other parts. Like it was a pleasant enough read, but this one just oof. Not like Connor said, it's a choose your own ending. It's one I wish I didn't choose. Well, I think I felt off a little bit last time because it was like, oh, there's still someone to find. There's still like a bomber to find. That already felt weird. And then this, yeah, this entire part just played out like, why are we doing this? This is is like, you came up with a story, but it was one part short because it was meant to last Mm -hmm. until the end of the main arc was done. And, oh, we have to just stretch it out for one more, you know, 10 page story. So Also, the art art on John, give him that weird half mullet thing. Oh, do not like the mullet. Yeah. (laughs) I, I'm a fan look. of 90s Superman mullet. I did not like this John mullet, I'll say that. See, not on John, though. I don't, because... I, I don't know if you guys are aware mullets are back. Yeah. Come here, I watch Loki, of course I know. No, 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 but, like, among the kids. Oh. Yes, like, teenagers. Amongst teenagers, mullets are in. I, I think this happens every 20 years, because... <laughs> it's was awful. Thing. It's hideous. I'm like, why are you wearing mullets? Yeah. You, what, what? Back- you all look terrible, because everyone looks terrible in a mullet. That's yeah. just a fact. Back back when I was in in high school, they they were a thing. Yeah, as were. well. Right, so, exactly. Well, really? I, I thought they died. I, I thought yeah. they left. Yeah. So I mean, maybe this is just a twenty year cycle. You know, I don't know. I thought it was a forty year cycle. Mm. <laughs> I didn't realize they'd been back since. Like, obviously, there was still some in the nineties, but the stuff in the nineties was left over from the eighties. Yeah, was... I, I still think of them as eighties, nineties. I don't think yeah. they had a second window of in over here until yeah. now. But. They're definitely back now, and it's yeah. awful. And that's the only reason I can think of that they're, uh, why they're drawing John with a mullet. I mean, like, hey, he's 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 one of those youths. 
Bro, there's no. This is how do you do fellow kids energy again? Yeah, (laughs) but that's the whole thing. Jay, his boyfriend, is way too. There's, there's no way he would allow him. He's (laughs) the truth, right? Like Jay would be like, "You got to cut that." Jay's like John, you're not getting any until you cut that mullet. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, just like you look dumb. Like so, yeah. There's just no way. But yeah, that was the other thing that stood out to me when I was reading that. I was like, not a good look for John. Yeah. I, I did notice that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's rate Nightwing, shall we? Uh, Matt, will you give it? A... I'm going to give this an eight. Yeah. Connor? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. It's it's good. Do I split the difference again and give the exact duplicate of the last scores? Uh, yeah, I think I will. <laughs> 7.5. <There> <laughs> let's see how many I'm books we keep this going for. I, I, I think I will. I don't think anyone's given the next one an 8, but we'll see. Oh god, I know what the next book is then. Uh, Green Arrow, issue 2. Joshua <laughs> Williamson writing with Sean Isaacs on the art. That, that, that laugh tells me even Matt's not giving this an 8. No, because this is not a story. This is half a story that he's parsing out over six issues. So... This, I mean, um, I know it's an alien world and not an alternate mm-hmm. universe, but I'm still getting the same feeling I get with this current Batman run where I'm just like, yep. why is this disturbing? I don't want to see Oliver Queen the figuring is, out the alien world. I kind of love the alien world. I would love an entire arc of, forget all the other stuff in this book. Take take Leon out, take uh, you know Roy and Dinah and all that stuff out. Ignore all of that. Just... Ollie, instead of stranded on a desert island, is stranded on an alien world. And just yeah. give me a six-issue story of that on this world with its kind of cyberpunk vibes and the the cat mob lords. I, I am all for that as a six-issue story. He's throwing but sticks I, at us. As, as, yeah, exactly. That that yeah. stuff, like, oh, that that's the book I want. Yeah. But I get like five pages of that. And then the rest of it is. I, uh, I don't think I want bullshit. that book. Uh, not with Green Arrow. I, like, one, I, of, one of my big things with comics, and this has ever been since New 52, because New 52 was so guilty of this, is taking the main character and removing all of the supporting cast so there's no relationships that mean a goddamn thing around them. They're completely on their own and isolated. And I'm not saying it can't be done occasionally well, because it can. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's impossible. But I'm so sick of comics doing this. So. I'm I just, get that. You know, I'm That's just... why I say I very specifically only want it as like one six issue arc, like one little mini with Green Arrow doing that, him stranding. A bit like the oh no, not again. Like we got at the at the, the the moment. I think it was the start of the first issue, mm. and then and then playing out like the traditional, you know, like almost like Ollie's Year One story, but on an alien world, and then them thinking he's he's a Green Lantern stuff like that. Like I, I like that part of it. Like oh, that's there's there's a great story in that it's just so wrapped up in all the other bullshit that's just trying to fix continuity that doesn't it's not a story it is just mm-hmm. it's it's an extended wikipedia page yeah but yeah. i'll say i'm i'm down with connor's robinson crusoe in space vibe probably because yeah. like we've done the island so many times but we haven't done him lost in space um, and now we're so, testing it on this yeah and so, and I, I like all the Arrow family characters. I really do. I just feel like this is one of those things I don't feel Williamson's heart's in. You know, like, like I feel like his heart's in Superman for good or for bad, right? This, I feel, this is just like a, a backup script. You know? I don't like, know if I agree with that. I think his heart isn't this. I just don't think he makes good storytelling choices. 
I, I think he cares so much about fixing the continuity. I think that's why his heart is in it. I think he want he, he like he desperately wants all the pieces back the way they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't actually have a story to tell that, so he's just kind of sprinkling in some other stuff to make it look like it's a book. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, know. I just I had high hopes myself as Connor Hawk and Robin. You know, like there's there's some stuff there, and then just everything to do with the Earth stuff. I just don't care about. Um, and what's what's extra disappointing is kind of the only part of this book that I was enjoying. Mm-hmm. You know, them being on this desert mm-hmm. desert island alien world vibes. Mm-hmm. We're abandoning that by the end of issue two, yeah, and they're, 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 they're thrown somewhere else, yeah. or by the you know, judging by the end text, somewhere else. Right. Yeah, the, the, the Hem and Elian are just jumping to wherever yeah you know, we'll yeah. see i just i feel like comics do this too often so i'm just not interested like i, I want a green arrow book to actually because one of the things that i like so much about percy's green arrow book is that it was dealing with the relationship between him and dana him and emmy whoever it may mm-hmm. be and i don't need the whole family of characters constantly there by any means like choose which you know couple you're going to focus on as, as your as your story arc but mm-hmm. i just like uh, conceptually just something fundamentally here just does not work for me. I just don't like what this this book is and what it's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not that there's not like little cute moments here or there. Like a cat mob boss, sure, whatever. Like I I, I can get on to some level of being on board with that, but it mm-hmm. it just you know uh, it feels like. I guess that's because that what you were saying a minute ago about feeling more like a Wikipedia page with a few loose story things around it just to try and mm-hmm. make it feel like a book. But I feel like sometimes comics that are like this can fall into this this territory where they're not really telling a story, where every page and every panel is designed to create a feeling and take you through a journey where you're like, experiencing the highs and the lows the excitement and the fears of what's going on i feel none of that from this book all i feel is a series of like concepts and continuity corrections and the next thing mm-hmm. the next thing the next and thing it's also a shame because i i I've, i'm not familiar with this artist before now um isaac yeah i think he's great mm-hmm. i think this yeah. book looks gorgeous mm-hmm. but i've and it, it feels like you know wasting his talent almost on this book mm-hmm. and then the cliffhanger of course is uh dana and uh arsenal or uh, roy yeah uh if they end up encountering peacemaker at the end yeah they got they got a bell reeve because they're looking for waller and yes looking for waller vertigo's like well maybe i could help you and then the wall bursts open and it's peacemaker and lady peacemaker peacemaker yeah. okay. was her name okay yeah uh, yeah, which, which which is one of the things. Wasn't that one thing at, towards the end of the last issue that of crisis? This, this, was, was, no, no, no. Last issue of this. Uh-huh. Wasn't that one of the things that was disappointing? Is that we're bringing in Amanda Waller and yeah. Peacemaker yes. and all that shit. I I seem to remember feeling disappointed about that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I just. I feel like I feel like I'm reading this just to see how much of a mess it is now, which is not the hell. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in now. I'm. I'm, well, see, I'm, I'm. I'm in if I happen to be on the show on this week next month. <laughs> if I'm not, and then I have to catch up on two issues, yeah. I'm not going to. Am I? Let's be honest. I mean, I, I mean, 
it, by me. It, at least it's a quick and easy read. I'll give it that at the very yeah. least. And maybe that's because the art's pretty solid. Maybe that's because Williamson, for all of his other faults, isn't like aggressively wordy or anything like that. So it's not like a chore to get through. But it, I'm just not enjoying the concepts or anything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for both us and Superman right now. So it's uh, Williamson has a lot of work to do to redeem himself. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he's spread too thin right now. I feel like the Night Terror stuff, this, Superman, I feel like he needs to just focus on one series at a time right now. Because th- this happened at the end of Flash. I-, I would agree with this, but I feel like this is this is more more often him than not. I, I don't know, like, there's some early Flash and there's Robin mm-hmm. Book are the only things I can think of at DC that are better than the standard that I now kind of expect from him, which is this. Mm. So... It's it's at the point where if he wasn't on high profile books, I wouldn't check them out. Like if I saw his yeah. name on like I don't know, Catwoman. Catwoman's a mostly inconsequential book that if it's a if it's a good writer, I'm excited to read. But if not, it's an easy skip. If I see his name on it, I'm probably not even trying it. Yeah, he's a poor man's Jeff Johns. I think is generally how I'm feeling about his stuff these days it's like he's trying to do what jeff johns used to do mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as compelling or as exciting yeah mm-hmm. um that, that's just yeah. kind of how i feel about his stuff overall which is a shame it's a shame because yeah. he clearly cares about the characters i just i just don't like how he tells his stories I, I wish he could make us care as much as he does right yeah yeah mm-hmm. no. yeah that would be good all right what are we rating uh green arrow matt what are you giving it i'm giving this a six Connor? I was wildly too high. Um, <laughs> for me, this, this book is awful because it's not a book. It's a, it's a Wikipedia entry uh, with some nice art, which gets it a 3.5. I'll go five. It's just really... I just think it's really mediocre and in the middle and just kind of... You know... It's got a lot of love and art put into it, but it's just it's not got the storytelling to back it up. Uh, all right, that's uh, Gunaro. Just Society of America, issue four. Jeff Johns writing with Nikhil Yannin and Jerry Ordway on the art. So we know that uh, Degaton mm-hmm. is hunting the GSA through time, mm-hmm. killing them in the future, working his way back. The present day GSA is kind of the last line of defense before he goes back to the originals and wipes them out. And, uh, yeah, so we deal with that. The cliffhanger last issue was him showing up at the GSA headquarters. We don't start with that. We start with uh, Xanadu, um, try to look into what's going on. And we get some teases for the future here, uh, where she kind of freaks out. And we get these yellow kind of, I don't know if they call them speech bubbles necessarily, but clearly they're hearing a voice coming from the magic Mm -hmm. at the very least. The prophecies, if you will. So it says, beware Eclipso is within. It says, only the Green Lantern can save the Red Lantern. Uh, the Sandman's Nightmare will wear his mask, Jay Garrick will find joy again, and do not trust the witch girl. These are clearly all seeds for stuff and, that's going to happen later. And we get a couple of them in this issue, mm. as far as Eclipso and as far as the witch girl. Um, those are threads I picked up on. So that was cool. I, I like Xanadu being like, you know, you're looking into the snow globes, not quite like looking into uh, one of her ball crystal balls. But it, it's yeah. similar enough. Like there's this energy to it that's different. So I do like there what John's is setting up there for magic yeah. wise. 
Actually, I love before we get to the fight scene. Uh, there's uh, the title page for this, which shows mm-hmm. you like you know the GSA all dead, and it's got these yep. two quotes at the bottom, and they really made me laugh. Yeah. So there's a quote that says, uh, "If you fell down yesterday, stand up today." HG Wells, right? Mm-hmm. Nice inspirational quote. Right. You know, it's based so, basically. Uh, why do we fall down, Master Wayne, to learn us to pick ourselves back up? Right. right. It's basically from, that. From the guy that wrote the Time Machine. Yes. Right? Which some consider the first uh, sci-fi story. So. It was definitely Frankenstein, but sure. Yeah, I was going to say, they were, they were wrong to really? consider the first sci-fi story. Yeah. First time travel okay. story, maybe. Okay. First time travel, yeah, sure, but yeah. not for science fiction. Uh, so yeah, there's that quote, and then right next to it is, if you fell down yesterday, go back in time and kill everyone who made you fall, Degaton. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> no, it is. It made me laugh, too, because, you know. I got a good job. Uh, John's uh, having a little bit of fun with that. Yeah, so... Yeah, so Degata's there, uh, the GSA all fight him, and he's wiping the floor, he's got Kryptonite ready for Power Girl, he's got stuff ready for all the other members, and the thing here that I really like, and this actually made me think of something from Season 3 of Fringe, of all things. Oh god, I thought you were going to say Buffy and I was going to scream. No. Finally, Matt is on my level. (laughs) If I think of a good Buffy reference, don't worry Matt, I'll be the first to... uh... When you said Season 3, I'm like, what is this thinking of? But then we said fringe, I had a sigh of relief. So go ahead. Okay. So there's this idea that Degaton, because he's from the future, can predict everything they're going to do, because he's already kinda knows how it's going to play out. But because Helene is not meant to be here, she's unpredictable. So she actually ends up shooting his finger off with her crossbow, which mm-hmm. is nasty, it's lovely, it's great. Um and that turns out to be why he keeps killing Dr. Fates first is because the helmet kind of makes Dr. Fate unpredictable. So he always kills them mm-hmm. first and then takes care of the rest where he can predict their every move. So, but this idea that Helene is even more dangerous because she's actually out of time and therefore cannot be predicted. I actually really like that right. as a concept. I was having fun with that. Uh, obviously, the art in this big fight scene is really cool. Um, so uh, Khalid fires at him with Dr. Fate powers and sends mm-hmm. him back through time, which sends Degaton to... Well, I was going to say it's the future. It's not actually the future. It's 1947. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I thought it was the future is because he goes to an older version of himself who's now pissed at him for failing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, I've not got a finger anymore. I'm missing yeah. a finger because of you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of old Biff a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. a little bit Tell of that. Tell him about the manure in his car. So, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I thought this was like a nice straight back to like sort of say, okay, they're not completely helpless. Stegaton's mm-hmm. not completely all powerful and like unbeatable. Yeah. Well, and I, I like too because they they bring up that he's a he made a deal with the uh, Lord of Chaos or the Lords of Chaos that now he's like an anomaly, so he doesn't exist, but he does exist, making him you know uh, not an anomaly. What's what's the word they use? Paradox. A paradox. There we go. So he's like this living paradox, and his presence alone changes things, which I do like, and it makes Degaton, you know, out of just basically just a Nazi villain. Is you know he's a, a paradoxic uh, Nazi villain. So yeah. So and it sets up that they're going to go after Khalid because, or they're not going to focus on Khalid because while they usually go for Doctor Fate first mm-hmm. because he's this young and experienced Doctor Fate, they think right. he'll be easy to deal with. So Helene is the bigger problem. So they're right. they're they're plotting and planning. Uh, we get a scene with Helena and Power Girl where Power Girl tries to bond a little bit with her. Um, I actually like this little bit of uh, dialogue where Power Girl brings up her parents and says, hey, does Batman ever smile or something like that? Mm-hmm. And Helena actually gets kind of pissy. He's like, of course he smiles. It'd be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me laugh though because they are, uh, it, like she looks kind of like 
she looks kind of like pissed, but she looks like she's Batman for a second, where she's mm-hmm. sort of skilling at her. And I just thought that was quite funny. And, and I feel like Power Girl got a, a charge yeah. out of that. Like, like, yeah. like her, some of her father came out of her yeah. when, when that yeah. was challenged. So I thought that was fun. Uh, you got Midnight and Young Wildcat working on uh, stuff. She's taking Lazarus pills uh, yeah. as Wildcat, so uh, I'm sure that'll come up in a big way. But And it's it's because she's got Eclipso. She's trying to keep Eclipso at bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that you know, there's, there's some stuff with the GSA discussing their plans and what to do. Star Girl mm-hmm. and Jakim are flying off to uh to do stuff. But the big ending of the issue is that Helena has left. She's ran away mm-hmm. to Gotham, and the final page, as Batman's taking down the Toad Man, is uh, Helena showing up and saying, "I'm your daughter, and I've come back to save your life." So we're going to get Helena with Batman next issue, mm-hmm. which should yeah. prove entertaining. Because uh, one of the conversations she has with the JSA is that she can't reveal anything about Batman dying, right? Because Batman still has to fulfill that. So the fact now that if she can't come to tell him that, in essence, she's creating a paradox, right? Uh, actually, I think it's Xanadu uh, who specifically, when they, okay. bring up, when they bring up Batman's dying, can we do something we about that? Uh, she says, no, we can't interfere with that. That has to be right. whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so there's Xanadu. Um, so yeah, so now that Helena's going there and doing this, I feel like this is part of the plan now. Basically, like, she is, is smart writing, because in that scene, mm-hmm. she specifically says, we can't interfere with the course of destiny and Batman dying. Right. So the end of the issue being Helena going to see Batman when she's not supposed to has meaning mm-hmm. to us, the reader, because we're like, right. oh shit, she's breaking the rule that was just established. Right. So, you know, simple yeah. enough. Well, and then on, on top of all that, too, is that... Uh, the fact that Dagaton was able to counter all of the heavy hitters, but not Helena, because right, because she's out of time and all of that. Um, the the thing there too is that the reason that he knows about all this is uh, old Dagaton brings up the Salem, the witch, the witch girl that we saw in yeah. Star Girl, right? And that you know that prophecy at the beginning that she can't be trusted. So something happens along the lines, right? That she was Doctor Fate's first sidekick so if she's the one that's letting them know about you got to take out the fates first what else is going on you know what had happened with her because we know she's out of time now right because she came off the island with yeah Courtney. yeah um so, well that i don't think happens until because if right. i remember right the end of star girl said that this stuff would come up in like issue six or seven of this so right it's not quite happened yet timeline wise but i see what you're saying yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going so to come there's something it, yeah. there that, that john's was, has been seeding because we kind of got vibes from Salem in Stargirl that she wasn't on the up and up quite mm. right. So um thought that's all super interesting. This is this is I think not 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 top top quality Johns, but I feel like it is up there. I'm having a good time. This, this is definitely mm-hmm. him playing with all these GSA toys in the toy yeah. box in a way that's not been done in mm-hmm. a while, and I'm having a yeah. good time with him uh exploring it and obviously all those other little teases like obviously jay will find joy again yeah. oh, that's his daughter probably that's talking about judy right which yeah. then i had to remember it's judy not joy that she's <laughs> judy garrick not joy garrick so i was like yeah oh yeah he does oh, wait no that's not her name yeah no I, so. I, I think it is referring to judy it's just but yes not, joy's not the name <laughs> right exactly joy's more like, just the uh the feeling yes. that he's going to I got, have i got hooked on the J of it all yes. so yes but but yeah no it was all I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, and the um, art is like phenomenal. God. You know, yeah, and yeah. Ordway has been used in those. Like, so it's when I think Degaton goes to like the other time period where he, you know, that's where the different art comes in. Mm-hmm. So it's used sparingly, but so yeah. much of it is the the fantastic uh, Yannin art. 
Uh, the mm-hmm. fight all looks really great. Uh, I love the coloring in the book. You know, it's just it's not like that muted, but it's just a little bit muted. Yeah. So it's it's got a specific style to it. It's not doing overly mm-hmm. vivid. Um, so which gives it almost like a feeling of uh, timelessness to me. Like, I was I was going to say just a slight prestige. Like, okay. Not not like a ton of it, but just like a little bit yeah. of prestige because it's 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 not going for colorful kids comic book. Yeah. It's going for just something right. a little bit more aged up than that, which right. uh, I can appreciate. So. See, I, I get with the muted, it feels a little bit more faded, so it makes it feel timeless mm. to me. Like this is not, it's not prescribed. It's not the '40s. It's not you know that's what the art style changes for, because um, it's jumping all over. Uh, also, you know, uh, the fact that her Justice Society that Helena's is made up of former villains. I thought that was a real fun thing because she believes in redemption. Yeah, I think that was mentioned before, but yeah, she kind of recaps that at the mm-hmm. start of the issue, which is that yeah. the GSA that he killed already were a mm-hmm. bunch of misfits that she'd helped redeem. And it, right. that, that was so, that's why it partly is so personal yeah. to her is that, no, these people all got better. They all right. turned themselves well, and around that, and he, st- he and, killed them and took it away. Right, and that that's an homage to her parents because, you know, her dad took a chance on, on her mom. Yeah, right. yeah, she says that's a, a homage to her because she was someone right. who was turned around and then right. points out that her mother was a hypocrite and didn't like the right. idea of rehabilitating yeah. all these villains. <laughs> yeah, which is a very Selena thing to do, right? She's like, no, that's for me, not for you. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I like that as well. That was, yeah. uh, that was yeah. a nice little... Uh, Just fun little, uh, fun little character moments uh, pop through there. I think so. the one thing that Johns is very good at, and he's still good at when he's putting his mind to it, is like mm-hmm. the idea of like building like the the continuity of the world mm-hmm. in a way that i you know we were just complaining about williamson not being able to do right. it in a way that works i think he does it in a way that's building it because i got excited when she went to see batman yeah. it set it up so that it would have meaning when she went to go see him right. and your instant thought is oh what is she going to do there is no point in uh the the green arrow book where i'm left thinking oh what's the character going to do next because right. nothing ever has any like enough context or importance to feel like you you have those feelings no, um, no. A good story makes you wonder about what's coming next. It makes you excited for mm-hmm. the next bit. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think John's obviously we don't get as much from him as we used to, but I think when he is on, he yeah. is still on, and I think this is mm-hmm. a, probably the best thing he's done since Doomsday Clock, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and I and I really enjoyed Stargirl, but that kind of whimpered out. No, I mean, I enjoy like, Stargirl, but it was definitely yeah, not, but not like this. this. Yeah, this is better yeah, than Stargirl, no. and so yeah, not there was a lot of competition in it. Like no. Three Jokers was. Yeah. Mm, let me not talk about that. Yeah, that's a bit of <laughs> I don't even remember how that ended, so we're, I'm okay. So. <sighs> I I think I do. I don't want to though. Uh, no, didn't it end with Jason Todd? I, I said I don't want to know. Yeah, that's all I remember. I remember being annoyed that it was Jason Todd. It bullshit. was Jason Todd stuff. Yeah, it was nonsense. It was definitely. It felt very out of continuity by that point because it just wasn't. It wasn't jiving with anything else. Yeah, and, it, and it took Jason Fabic away from us for so long. <laughs> Has he done anything since? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Not a DC anyway. Nothing yeah. we've come across. Anywho, uh, that's for mm-hmm. the GSA book issue four. Uh, 8.5 for me. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll just... Yeah, no, I'll, mm. I'll just go on eight. I'll just go straight eight. Which is okay. actually... I, yeah, I'll go straight eight. Yeah. Best thing we've talked about so far, I'd say, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, For this week. All right, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, issue three, Dennis Culver writing with Chris Burnham on the art. Uh, this is, uh, well, I mean, these have all been kind of standalone in the sense that they all have very self-contained like things mm-hmm. that each issue is. And in this one in particular, it's uh, Negative Man and Robot, uh, by Robot Man. 
Yeah. Robot Man, yeah, Cliff. I, 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 just, I don't know. I was, I was going to say Cliff, and I thought, and I'll say Robot Man as well. And then I, I got, I, 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 I second Robo- myself. He almost said Robo Cliff. Uh, I, I almost said Robo Cliff. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so they're looking after this character who we are now referring to as Starbro, uh, mm-hmm. who is a guy who's got a Starro, you know, starfish on him, but mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, metagene nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, he's not actually. Comp- seemingly is not taking control the way people normally are he's kind of fused mm-hmm. into a new kind of thing yeah. uh so he's star bro and uh i, I thought it was interesting having uh larry to him. I, i'm second guessing yeah. now if i should call him larry but it seems like he, he's going by larry again now yeah. but he, he brings up sort of when the name was changed in the past when when they were mm-hmm. fused into a negative woman and wanting to have the different name and how Cliff wasn't very good at switching there. It kind of pulls him yep. up on it. I thought that was an interesting little I, look back I at history. I liked it. And, and it shows too that Cliff is, for for his faults, he will learn and he'll adjust, Eventually. Right? Yeah, so... <laughs> Maybe this will come out as a solid map, but I feel like Cliff is such a comic book version of you. Like, Sometimes. Loud right? and quick to react, but then when he's actually told what's going on, he'll actually think about it and go, you right. know what? Now that I'm thinking about right. it... <laughs> Are you calling me the Brendan Fraser of the show? Because I'll, I'll take that. You are the whale of this show, Matt. I agree. <laughs> Fine by me. That means I get nominated. <laughs> can, you make, can you pull the pose? Because there's only that one picture. Uh, I don't know the pose. I didn't see the movie. You don't need to see the movie. There's, there's only one shot from that movie. It's oh. one that every article is, is used. Yes. I mean, he's just kind of sitting there looking sad, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah the... I'm not sad right now. I'm talking to my friends. One of them just insulted me, but also complimented me. So, welcome to my life. No, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I got I got some Matt vibes from... Uh, I, you know what? We get, we get Cliff and Guy Gardner. I, I, I can roll That's with true. It. Guy Gardner's also here. I, yeah. I did think it was a little weird how Guy and Kyle are so against Starbro. They're like, nope, mm-hmm. take him in. No, 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 under no conditions. When I when we run around with the Justice League with like Jaro, like with Jaro, how? Well, neither of them were on that team, though. Right. They know about this. Yeah. They, they know that that he helped, and I, it, it kind of proved that. Well, maybe there are Starro adjacent acceptance. I mean, this is maybe a fair little nitpick. I I think the Green Lanterns in this issue, like I think it does a good job of making. You know, I think it's a really interesting point that they have that debate in the car because they're driving in two green lanterns, you know, Guy and Kyle are flying overhead and mm-hmm. we have that conversation about using the name that he wants to be called, right? And it's a nice little thing for the modern world. Right. Uh, but right after that conversation, you just hear Guy, like, yell, Starbro's a stupid name at him. Uh-huh. And it was a very, like, on-point little moment for Guy to just be a dick about it. And not that mm-hmm. he heard that conversation, but it still felt right in the context no, of the that, comic. No, because that's who he is, yeah. right? He's not going to diverge, like, right? Yeah. And that, that, I would say, is the difference between, you know, kind of a, a, the harder edge of, of Cliff, hanging out with the Doom Patrol and learning to accept people who are there, and then Guy Gardner, who's just going to guy things up, right? Yeah. He can be friends yeah. with Arkillo, right? But the Starro wants to be called Starbro, and he's like, that, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know? so. uh, although I did like that uh, Guy brings up uh, that he was there watching the painting back in the old mm-hmm. Doom Patrol mm-hmm. story when the, the, mm-hmm. the fight to save the world was happening inside Paris, inside the painting. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. I, I'm not going to explain that now. Go, go read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol to you understand get, that. Yeah, I him with the, uh, the, the old bowl cut. Yes, huh? yes, still. Maybe that's yeah. coming back. I, I took that as something that, that had happened and Surely. it feels like a Morrison thing, right? <laughs> Yes. So, not knowing if it was an actual. Yeah, that's that's an early shoot. Morrison story where Paris yeah. gets sucked into a painting and the Doom Patrol have to go in and 
save it. <laughs> right. So, um, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was really neat that immediately it was a good, it was a kind of sort of good comedy beat where Guy immediately uh, mm-hmm. just just says something that goes against what the entire conversation just was a second ago. Um, but yeah, we get them turning the car into ghost mode for a second. There's a lot of weird stuff. I kind of like Kyle complaining that these Doom Patrol guys are so weird. They always have yeah. weird ways to counteract everything. And the, this is a guy who, like, married... Is he still married to Sordic? Or is that a future thing? Like, he marries thing. an alien. Yeah. So yeah. who's he to call people weird? I mean... Yeah. Well, though, to be fair, Guy is the one who keeps using the word freaks. Kyle never yeah. says that. And that makes okay. sense to me, because Kyle's not as... Kyle's compassionate. Yeah, okay. he's not a dick like Guy. No, he's, <laughs> he's an art. He's a sensitive artist. He's boring. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do not like this uh, as a guy Gardner fan. Regression to a hole, like a hole guy is a is a season, right? It's a seasoning, and a little bit too much, you know, puts a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, also another comedy beat that really got me is they drive into Smallville, and there's a big billboard saying "Welcome to Smallville, the home of Superboy," and. Cliff says, hey, those two guys will respect Superman's hometown too much to, uh, you know, chase us in here. And the very next page is the big half panel of Guy just smashing this billboard into the road in front of them. Uh And not only is that funny, but the fact that Kyle also blocks them from behind. But Kyle does it by making, like, you know, road signs and, like, barriers. He does it in the respectful, civilized way to block someone on a road. Guy's like, no, the big respectful Superman billboard that everyone probably loves in town. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah, that is funny. Yeah. I know, it's funny. It's funny. And, that, and that's the sprinkling of a whole guy I can get away with. I just, the, yeah. the regression to that lately is starting to make me, you know, not feel good as a Guy Gardner fan. That's yeah. All. And then they have to bolt off to Oa because shit's yeah. happening. Yeah, probably. Well, it's actually, that's, it's not even real because it's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Starboard did this. Yeah. Yeah. You said Jaro. <laughs> I did say Jaro. That's got Jaro in the brain. I can think of. I mean, I miss Jaro. Me too. He called Batman dad. That was so sweet. Even Damien doesn't do that that much. No. <laughs> oh, he only has his father. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah. So this is like, was, honestly, this was a really fun issue again mm-hmm. because it was like, okay, it's going to be Cliff and Larry, Starbro, the two Green Lanterns, yeah. and just all of the the fun banter and good. St- storytelling where it set things up where the billboard <laughs> thing was funny him saying Starbro's a dumb name was funny because they'd all been mm-hmm. set up earlier in the, the issue and then they all had these payoffs yeah. like honestly this has been such a good book three issues in that I'm you know in the art I've been enjoying as well uh, yeah I think yeah, um, this, this issue does showcase Burnham does occasionally struggle with regular people faces yeah Green yeah. Lantern's do look a little bit shaky at times oh, Pudgy is the word yeah. I might use it never took me out of it though, because it's it sort of felt like it belonged in his world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think yeah. it's why he does so well with the rest of the Doom Patrol because they they are all a little bit off, right? That's, right. Kind of, that, that, that's the whole point of them. I mean, well, and when you think about the main lineup right now, is that the Rita's the the most normal looking? Yeah, and she, she can, stretches. You know, right, and that that's the thing. But she's the but I never. It's not the same kind of issue with her as it was with Guy and Kyle. Yeah, with their faces. He does with a crab mask really well, which I hate the crab mask. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's not... covering up the pudgy face. Right, exactly. So, the you know. crab mask reigns supreme. You got no. you all. The crab mask is back in style. If we can have mullets and bowl cuts back, the crab mask <laughs> yeah. is definitely back, baby. No, <sighs> the crab mask is never coming back in style. No. So uh, there's a little tease at the end, but where we're mm-hmm. going next. Um, which I have to admit, I didn't quite. Uh, I don't. I don't know this mm-hmm. uh, tease. 
or I don't mm-hmm. get what it is. If I, you know, so uh, who is it? This mob boss dude in Haiti, um, Mister Drew, yeah. gets a box, a package delivered from this kid, and it looks like a sort mm-hmm. of robot face that's sort of inside the yeah. box. Did anyone understand what this is? No, no. I'm the assuming only, it's the a... only Haiti thing I can think of at all is the. Uh... Oh my god, I'm completely blank on his name. He's a Constantine villain. Yeah, Papa... Django? Yeah. No, not Papa Django. <laughs> but Matt knows what I'm about. It, it, I know he's, he's a little bit stereotyped. Does voodoo. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I, I was wondering, am I being an idiot and not getting this reference? Is this like a deep Doom Patrol reference that maybe I just that's what I'm, I'm looking up right now for Doom Patrol villains because the face of the ape thing, I feel like I know... Yeah, it's just uh, like a robotic ape face, basically. Yeah, but it's, but it's yeah. damaged. That's that's what it looks like. Because uh, it's not it's not the brain of Monster Yamala, right? No, that was, no, no yeah. we've already seen them. Right, we've already seen them because that's what it made me think of, though. But uh, yeah, yeah, nothing's coming up when I put that in. I just get the Brotherhood of Evil with with all yeah. of them, and we saw Mortis and them. So also, I do like that we we cut to the rest of the Doom Patrol fighting. Animal, vegetable, mineral man. Oh yeah, it's just a uh, one-page thing where they're fighting this much. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, they've fallen before. They got it under control, uh-huh. and it, it it does not look particularly under control. <laughs> no, it looks like yeah. chaos. But that's Doom Patrol in a nutshell, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I love the new guy. The new guy is is like, what what are we doing? You yeah. know, like and the, the, and the look on his face was the, the young furry kid uh, or Beast Girl, whatever. Beast Girl. Or, yeah, she's usually just upside down, but like ah, <laughs> like uh-huh. they're all like I feel like. The two yeah. most veteran members, other than Rita, are off doing this other thing on their own. So mm-hmm. Rita's there, like wrangling all the new members. That like they yeah. just trusted her to like take care of the kids, basically, uh, literal yeah. or otherwise. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's funny. I don't know. I, I think the book's charming. It's got a lot of humor that fits Doom Patrol well. It's hitting the weird stuff, but it's also hitting the heart of Doom Patrol, which I like. I think it's the mm-hmm. best thing about Doom Patrol is it always has this heart to it. About no, we're misfits, but. We can care for each other, and we can find our place. You know that always yeah. should be a part of Doom Patrol, and I think this book so far has done a really good job with that. It is, and I know obviously they they called this one you know Fast and the Nebulous this issue because because mm. it, it is a car chase. To it's be in fair. a car, yeah, that's what they're yeah. going for. Um, but the uh, the credits title page where it, where it's like hyper stylized, it's kind of like this noir shot of them like you know the the car going through with all the the, the big figures over it. That page is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it all looks very good. It's all it's all very inky, thick lines. Um, uh, the the blacks and the oranges really just kind of really blend nicely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a very good looking book. And, um, I really like this. This this book's been a standout. Uh, I'm sad that it's only a mini series. I hope it uh, gets enough buzz mm-hmm. to get maybe get some more. Uh, afterwards yeah. in some form well it's a sequel miniseries or it turns into an ongoing whatever it may be you know season two yeah season two why not yeah uh all right matt what are you given doom patrol or unstoppable doom patrol issue three oh i mean this one an 8.5 car uh i'm gonna give it a an eight i was thinking of the 8.5 i'm gonna go with the eight yeah, I, I'll go the 8.5. I really liked it. I think there's maybe a slight critique of uh, the Green Lanterns being so hell-bent on getting this, this uh, you know, Starro mm-hmm. thing, but, you know, I think that's maybe your only nitpick that you could probably levy at it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. 
City Boy issue one Greg Pack rating with Mikayu Zhang on the art. This is our third of these We Are mm-hmm. Legends uh, books. There's one left after this, I think. And this is the character who can like sort of connect to the city and see where things are and like see the history of the city uh, that was set up in one of those Lazarus Planet one shots. Um, and much like the vigil i'm going to compliment this right away for actually being an issue one that feels like you can jump in this without having read those prior things mm-hmm. uh that was a problem that the first book we got which one was that spirit world spirit world I, I never read the previous stuff i didn't have a problem when i when i read spirit world. i didn't feel like i was missing a lot no although the that one felt like a issue zero even though it was only a couple of pages so, well, I, I, everything with like Cass already being in the spirit yep. world already felt like it was like a really important plot detail that was set up prior mm-hmm. to me. Fair enough. Um, but uh, Vigil was a great first issue, and City Boy, I think, is a pretty good first issue. I think it's as good as a Vigil, but I think it sets up the character well it, enough. It's a pretty slow going first issue. It's not like a big bombastic full yeah. of action first issue. It's very much no. well, we're going to slowly introduce this, and, but it's compelling enough. I like that how each three of these feel different because this this oh they're very different books, yeah it it feels like a throwback to earlier two thousands comics and like this we get his origin right it's very it's very straightforward um, that we you know that we get some of these villains and, and whatnot so yeah, I wasn't hundred percent in and then we got to the uh, we got to the last page, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Oh yeah, the last page definitely throws in something I did not see coming. So we'll yeah. we'll talk about that a bit later. But um, I think, yeah, like you say, all these three books feel different. You got the really magical spirit world one. You've got mm-hmm. the effectively like a black ops style yeah. Suicide Squad team, but more interesting because they're not just yeah. villains that have been put in a team. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this, which is kind of this interesting idea of like the city being a living, breathing like organism that can mm-hmm. be tapped into by a character uh and the, the idea that you revolve his first story about like helping a homeless person which is yeah. kind of like the lost people who are in a city you know they're, mm-hmm. they're part of the city in a way that's kind of different to like everyone else um i think it's a really interesting thematic touch honestly the only problem and it's not even a problem so much the only conceptual mm-hmm. thing that kind of felt a bit weird to me is that you've got this guy who's like a mob boss who's taking cuts of anything anyone finds mm-hmm. it feels like a really like i get taking cuts from like the other gangsters and people who are selling drugs or whatever because mm-hmm. they're making like reasonable money so there's a cut to be taken right. taking a cut from just stuff that homeless people find feels like you're not going to make a whole lot that felt a little bit weird to I, me I as a concept. It is. It's, it's about no. it's power think, yeah it is literally just about showing the power and because he, even right. if it is just like yeah. a couple of dollars it's about just because he can right it's an extortion thing right yeah like, yeah you know but this can't be his protection. main. This can't be his main way of making money, though. No, oh, no, it can't and, be. and you know, because even when we get to the characters that show up at the end, you know, that's a much bigger pool, right? And this guy's just a small fish. Yeah, yeah uh, but anyway, it does the thing where he befriends this homeless man, um, and this homeless man's hurt later on by the the bad guy, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know the bad guy doesn't want City Boy to leave. He wants to stick around and mm-hmm. use his powers for him. Um, so yeah, you feel some sympathy for the homeless guy who's been like tortured for this information to like yeah. you know tell him everything City Boy can do, um, and, and yeah, and then killed, and then killed, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we also get a little bit of the origin of the flashbacks, which is how City Boy got his powers. Basically, you had the mm-hmm. scientist who was trying to prove that the city is this kind of like thing you can tap into, mm-hmm. but the like the meta gene or whatever, like so basically something about it chose 
city boy who was just kind of spying on this meeting. Right. Uh, the energy, for whatever reason, like sought out and found him. And maybe it's because he'll do good with it. Maybe it is like a potential thing. Like maybe they'll yeah. dip into that as the story goes on. Uh, but like, so you get a little bit of backstory. You get him finding stuff, like you know, under the park benches and whatever, yeah. and uh, pawning it for money. Um, but yeah, we get this big ending where the guy is killed, and it seems like this scientist. And I think during the issue, we don't know who he's working for, but by the end, right. obviously, we get the name Intergang, and it's like, oh, yep. wait a minute. Uh, and at the end of the issue, it's like, okay. When City Boy fights back after the homeless guy is killed, obviously he sort of warps the building around him with his powers. Mm-hmm. And like basically, it's kind of like a Hulk moment. He unleashes. And yeah. because of that, uh, there's readings of like City, you know, the stuff happening. And it's like, oh, we found the guy we're looking for. We finally found the boy. And then the, the final, kind of what the F uh, moment, the cliffhanger, yeah. is that the guy from Intergang is talking to here is Darkseid. Darkseid yeah. wants City Boy. Which is I, so out of left field, it's actually well, quite yeah. exciting. Well, see, I loved it because it made this book make sense to me. Really? Yeah. The, the, uh, no, right. So the whole issue, this felt so much like Kirb, uh, Kirby's Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Like I was getting that vibe. In, I'm like, this oh, is cool. In hindsight, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, like, cause, and, and, then, and then it got to the end with that. And I was like, oh my God, this is just a modern take, essentially, yeah. on that. Like, For all intents and purposes, this is just... You know, City Boy instead of Turtle Boy, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm here once, for it. Once that Dark Side reveal happens and it's Bruno Mannheim uh, for Inner Gang, I was like, okay, this does feel like a very Kirby, you know, concept, right? Where Kirby created Transylvane, right, which was a mm-hmm. living vampire planet, <laughs> like, like such a, you know, that, that dude was on on some things for sure, but. Uh, so here with this boy that can, or this guy that can talk to the city because the city is an organism that, that reached out and chose him because he was like one of these lost people himself, right? It's because he knew all the back doors and all the, the hiding spots and whatever from the way that he grew up. So, uh, and, and on top of it, the fact that his, his mom seemingly abandoned him with his grandpa for whatever reason. Yeah, that was the other thing at the start. You yeah, know, so but, it's almost yeah. like humans have let him down. So he's yeah. he sought refuge in the alleys and the streets and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, now the cities chose him to be the representative because I remember when this book was was in uh when they were talking about it, Pac was like, Yeah, each city though is different and like not every city would is gonna want to, you know, necessarily help him. Help uh, the guy's name is Cameron. Right, so like Gotham might be different than Metropolis and Star City and Coast City, right? It's, got, it's right? Gotham he's in though just now, right? No, this was Metropolis. Is this Metropolis? So Gotham, okay. Gotham was in the Lazarus Planet. That's right, because I knew so, he was in Gotham at some point. Yeah. yeah, you know, so like, so I'm curious to see how that plays out because Metropolis seemingly really wants him there, right? Like they they seem to get along because that was his home city almost. So like, what's it going to be like when he does go to Star City uh, or Central, right? So. Uh, yeah well there's a lot of promise in this one for sure yeah it's an yeah. interesting concept just like what he is and how he connects to the city and then you bring in the dark side looking for him stuff it's like okay where are we going with that that's quite fascinating yeah. i think the vigil was such an exceptional first issue this was never mm-hmm. like this had a tall order like going up against yeah. it but uh it's still really solid it says it makes you mm-hmm. care about the character he cares about the homeless guy who's being killed so you're like okay he is he's got mm-hmm. a heroic backbone you know, even if it's not on the surface yeah. right away. He's a, he's a, he's a good good dude. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got that coming across, right? 
Um, so yeah, and you know, I think the book looks solid. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It, it's you know, it's it's, a, it's another good first issue. I, I, I'm two for three of these uh, now because I wasn't super at Spirit World. Uh, yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I give it. I said the same thing. I give it a chance. Okay, yeah. I, gi- I give it a fair chance. Uh, yeah, I I I think um, you would probably never really the target market for that book, right? That's fair, but it's the sort of thing where it can still work for me if you just tell the story in a way that appeals to me. It just it just really didn't. Yeah. No, I am. Um, I think I prefer because uh, I haven't read the video yet, and I'm I'm just gonna go on a limb and assume that'll be my favorite because it probably will be. One, YouTube are saying really strong things about it, and two, Ramvi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I might prefer Spirit World over this, just uh, on you know issue to issue. Mm-hmm. I think I had a little bit more fun with that, and it maybe just appeals to me a little bit more. But they're pretty close for me, uh, and and I I do really like this as well. Um, I think, as I say, it's last page aside, it's not a particularly exciting first issue. It is really much just like, oh, no, this is, we're going to take this slow. We're going to build into it. But I, I, you know, and I think I, I like that approach as opposed to just, right, here's 12 pages of action because we have to, because we have to get your attention on a first Which, issue. It's funny you're saying that because that's exactly one of the thing I didn't like about Spirit World is that it just, it threw too many of these concepts like, like, there were so many moments in Spirit World where I would have liked, probably, if, like, the entire issue was just that scene building up to the spooky thing happening or the supernatural thing happening. I like a slower pace that makes all of it feel like each individual thing that's happening magically is a bigger deal. Uh, so here, I like that it, it sort of builds up and it's just like, you know, he's like he's tempted to use his powers properly. You know, he's like, oh, no, but I'm holding them back. And then at the end of the issue, of course, when he's motivated and he's angry, it finally comes it, out. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then you throw Darkseid into gang in there and... And you're like, Dark Side is here. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta pause well, after the is just to get the the kinch right. Yeah, it's it's uh it's fun. Yeah, it's hard. Um so yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I say, all these new books coming out of Donna DC. I don't even know if these four count as Donna DC, but I'm I'm effectively counting them as a subdivision. Uh, I'm pretty sure they all do, surely. Yeah. They probably have the banner. Yeah, it has the Donna DC banner yeah. on it. Uh so, all right, Matt, what are you rating City Boy issue one? Um, I'm going to say 7.5. All right, Connor? Yeah, I'll probably agree with the 7.5. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in that, that realm. Uh, I'll say 7.5 too. I think, I think I'll agree with that. Uh, so there you go that is uh, the books we read this week uh, that'll take us out of the part of the show we pick our favourites of the week for it panel slash moment favourite cover favourite art and our top five books. So... Matt, what was your panel slash moment of the week? Um, I I did like the reveal of uh, Metallo's sister in action. That was nice. Um, however, and also there was one in Doom Patrol that, that I enjoyed. But I'm gonna go from Nightwing, and it's gonna be when when Trigon shows up and you know talks to Neron and just completely obliterates him verbally. That, that was real fun. Not a surprise, I have to say. Nope. Uh, Connor. Uh, I'm just going to go with that final panel in um, City Boy, just because it, oh. like, it, it recontextualized everything, mm-hmm. and it was kind of cool. Sure. Um, I think... I... I'm think probably something from Doom Patrol, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it. Um, that said, though... That's, that said, though, I do kind of like... Uh, 
some of the moments in JSA. But I'll I'll go with um. I'll go with the debate about the name Starbro and yeah. and Doom Patrol. I think it just it, it just resonated with me a bit more than uh, I think a lot of things this week. So uh, I'll go with that. All right, Matt, you got a cover of the week that you'd like to? Um, yeah. So I was looking at when you're talking. Um, Nightwing has some really nice ones. There's a uh, Jamal Campbell one that's super cool. It's got a lot of colors yeah. surrounding. There's a New Hulpen as one as well, which is all right. Yeah, New Hulpen looks good, but. I'm going to be completely on brand and self-parody that there's a Talaski action comics cover that's mm-hmm. got Connor and John lifting weights and like, come on. So that, that's going to be mine. That's fair. Uh, Connor. Yeah. I'm surprisingly not feeling most of the covers this week. Um, there's, there's just not a lot grabbing me. Uh, so I'm going to go with the, the Yanning cover for Doom Patrol, which is just mm-hmm. guy punching out Robot Man. <laughs> that was a second. That was a second one, but I feel it should have been the opposite, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, but then, but then you'd have the one punch jokes, and, right? And, yeah. Uh, I kind of like the uh, Dennis Culver cover for Doom Patrol. It's just Robot Man's head. Oh, I do like that one as well. It's yeah. just you know, it's just simple and all the scratches. I think that like, it's it's a it's a foil cover, so I bet that'll look yeah. really good. Like, with uh, the there's a Paquette cover for GSA, which is just uh, Wildcat. Which I think mm-hmm. was kind of neat. I my pick is probably, and this has been kind of consistent, is the the regular action cover. I've been really digging the uh, the covers on those recently. Uh, it's got it's got that kind of textured painting feel to it. Uh, it's metallo. Those kind of neat. Um, this is not mm-hmm. maybe the best one that, that that they've done, but I don't think there's look, nothing stuck out to me from the other books this week to really be competition for me. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to go with that. And you meant Cyborg Superman, right? I was going to say, there was no Metallo. Oh, did I say Metallo? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Cyborg yeah. Superman. Sorry. Okay. Cyborg Superman, Metallo, Eradicator, they all just kind of start just, to blur together. I'm just making sure that's what you meant and I didn't miss yeah. a Metallo cover. No, no, so. you're right, you're right. That was a good correction. Um, okay, so uh, Art of the Week. Matt. Oh, so we're not doing the own Robin this week. All right, so um, Doom Patrol's real, real close, but the pudgy faces, right? Uh, more very good for for Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Sandoval for action, but Yannon for Justice Society. It's just you know, uh, and and yeah, and I, little, we already uh, talked about it. So and a little bit of Jerry Ordway as well. Yep, a little Ordway. Connor. So. Well, seeing as I'm not reading the JSA book right now and haven't not out of intention, I just have actually started it. And, mm-hmm. It's kind of stacking up every every time I come to go. Oh, I got to read like four issues of that. I'll, I'll I'll leave it for for next time and just keep not getting around to it. Um, so I don't have Yannin in the in the con- competition here. It's never going to get anything else. So I'm going to give it to Green Arrow because uh, it's the one thing <laughs> that book has going for it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I really burns heart on Doom Patrol. Travis Moore on Nightwing's great, uh, which I'm just to say if I want to, I'm basically the same between Travis Moore for Nightwing or if I'm agreeing with Matt and going GSA. I think I am. I think Yannon's art's just so pretty mm-hmm. that it's hard to say otherwise. But I, I think Burnham Moore and Yannon with Ordway are the, the three that stuck out to me the most this week. Uh, all right. Ranking your top five. On you go, Matt. All right. So number one is going to be just Society. Two, Doom Patrol three Nightwing, four action comics, and then, like, five is something that I have yet to read from this week. 
Oh no, it'd be City Boy. <laughs> Duh. There you go. I was gonna make a great narrow joke, but City Boy was sitting right there. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. You read six books, so just take out Green Arrow and rank the rest. I, but I, that's how bad I wanted to forget Green Arrow. So <laughs> all right, yeah. Connor. Uh, yes, I'll go with Doom Patrol and then City Boy, and then Nightwing, then Action. Uh, you know, if you've got to say Green Arrow, no. <laughs> we, we have the same joke going except yeah, uh-huh. I had six books so. yeah uh, so yeah my number one is Unstoppable Doom Patrol number two is Just Society of America number three is Nightwing number four City Boy then Action Comics yeah and Vinaro can go and get effed mm-hmm. basically <laughs> so there you go that is uh our thoughts on this week's dc books i will tell you what's coming next week from dc comics as soon as i filter because all the marvel books are there so here's the list uh make sure you note all these down uh so this is detective comics 1072 you got the power girl special issue one you got dc pride 2023 issue one and you've got Suicide Squad, Kill, Arkham Asylum, issue one, which I... Is that tying into the it's video a, game? It is a tie into the game. It's exactly like something I didn't know. It was run by John Lehman, and I remember huh. enjoying his detective stuff but that he did. The game that was supposed to be coming out, like, this month, and is now not coming out until sometime, what, February next year, I think? Basically, <laughs> they can put out a six-issue mini of this and just about finish it. I don't even know if this is meant to be a six-issue mini, if it's just a one-shot. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, one of one of five. So what they can do is they can put an issue out every other month, and it'll be kind of close to when the game comes out. If it doesn't get delayed again. Yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah, the game looked like shit. So, uh, well, <laughs> can't say I'm particularly thrilled about the idea of that. So, yeah, Detective and DC Pre. I don't know if you want to read the Power Girl <sighs> special, Matt. Uh, oh yeah uh, yeah that's I continuing am? the power girl back yeah. up and yeah. it's got the setup for the fire, uh, fire and ice. ice so yeah and it has a chila lote cover but i just clicked on it and it's one in 25 so probably so, be... there's three books oh one of them is a big special though which will you know take yeah. up a, a chunk of time which is nice i mean at the very least the dc pride book is going to get complete attention because yeah. there's nothing else out so i'm just looking nice. who's actually writing it morrison's got a story in it that's cool hey um Leah Williams. I feel like I've read a few things from her recently. I mean, uh, Christopher yeah, Camwell. Power Girl. For, for yeah, us. yeah, but like other than that, like, I feel like oh. I've read a few things. Christopher Camwell's been doing a lot of stuff at Marvel lately, but I have been enjoying what I've read. Uh, I, I really liked his Iron Man run. Uh, Nadia Shamas did was it Detective or the backups in Detective that they did. I feel like you're wanting confirmation here. I don't no, it, no, it was it was around the time of the tower, maybe just after. That sounds plausible. Yeah, I also read the graphic novel uh, Squire, which was fantastic. And then what you got? You got Nicole Maines, which means there's probably a Dreamer story in there, story, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a five-page uh, preview of Dreamer's young adult debut. So, Shocking. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that is. Uh... I don't like the cover for it. I'll say that much. No, but there's a Piccolo cover 
um that's a wraparound that looks oh really yeah there nice. may be some other nice covers yeah but there's a really nice jim bartell cover the main yeah, cover but... like i'm looking at john's like weird skinny chest there's something yeah. not right about the bro bro needs to hit the uh, chest day a lot better <laughs> yeah i feel like the, no, jim's got the same Cap problem Cartoni. as well though yeah yeah oh yeah i was not just time but he's the one that stuck out to me yeah. the most when i first glanced yeah. at it uh they've all got kind of that look to them cool. uh which is a shame all right uh Oh yeah, the Jen Bartels uh is a bait one. Yeah, of course Matt's into it. It was a great cover, so Yeah. Actually I really like the uh the one in fifty version of it, uh with the mm-hmm. the purple background even more. Yep. Yeah. Alright, Mark Mark can be a dirty old man, it's fine. I'm not I like poison ivy, what do you want? I can't you can't heart likes what it likes. <laughs> Right. It's not your horror that I'm questioning right now, Matt. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's what's coming next week. Uh, let us know what you thought of this week's comics and the comments are on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. And of course, you can support all the content by going over to patreon.com slash TV and maybe even getting slight early access to the show. I heard a thing there. Did, did someone start playing music or something? No. Someone, someone's home. Okay. So that, that's our... <laughs> That's the squeaky stairs. So. Loud wife is loud. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that's my that's my marriage in a nutshell. <laughs> so yeah, it's great Patreon. You can uh, get the show a little bit early uh, and you know help support the content and help keep the podcast coming. But uh, that is the show. That has been the episode. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for joining us. We always appreciate it. Join us for a late fifth week. We'll have some shenanigans, I'm sure, to pep up the proceedings some some patreon books maybe uh I, i'll probably no doubt do at least one patreon book yeah uh so thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force